The story of D-Day from multiple viewpoints. A salesman comes to River City. A lieutenant and captain clash on an expedition to Tahiti. A lawyer defends a black man in small town Alabama. And an English officer attempts to unite warring tribes to defeat the Turks. This time on the Oscar should have gone to 1962. And the Oscar goes to... Hi. Hey, guys. Hey, we're back. Hi. We're back. Here we are, Meg. Craigo. Zooming. Still not in the same room together. Nope. Still have, uh, you know, disease spiking across our city and the United States. Mm. My home of Arizona is doing a is doing a fantastic Maddie, job. Maddie, you will come seen. in when oh, sorry. you are called. Sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry. This is the part where Craig and I talk about the ruin of our lives in oh, the world, sorry. and you... I just thought as your husband, it might be include oh, the ruin no, no, of your no, life no, might no. include me. Like, you're still just a guest. Okay. Until sorry. You're I'll, I'll excuse myself. Oh, my God. This has been... Clop, clop, the, clop, clop. Footsteps. <laughs> door. He's gone. Elevator. This, it has been such a long three months, four months. I took the helicopter. Um, it's a, it's been a little over three months for me, so it's been even longer for you because I was out of town. When right, I was. right, right, right. I wish I was out of town. This is day ninety three. For, for you, me. yeah. Okay. So you're probably right around a hundo. I honestly. I don't want to talk about it. We are here to talk about 1962. It is mm-hmm. an, it, it's, this has been an escape. An escape, honestly, from you, Maddie. <laughs> I mean, we've watched a lot of these together, but um, we didn't have to talk during them, which is great. Right. And they're very long, so that's a very nice little... It really did give you probably like a nice like three hour yeah. to four hour respite for like every movie. Yeah, especially if you pause to like get a yeah. snack during it. Yeah. Then it's like that's it's half your day basically because I try to yeah. sleep 12 hours a day. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 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 I try to go to sleep between 10 and 11 and then wake up between 10 and 11 yeah. every day. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to be so well rested after this. It's just... I do have to say I do have to always wake up between 530 and 6 and feed the cats. But mm-hmm. then I... Then I go back to bed. Head back to, to sleep. Yeah. This morning, I just uh, this will be my this is my story of how 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 you doing? How you mm-hmm. doing? Yep. Let's call it that. How you yeah. doing? Okay. Yeah, it's good that we figure that out. Fifty five episodes in. <laughs> <laughs> Here's how I'm doing this morning. Like it, probably must have been like four a.m. or something because it was still dark. Uh, I was dead asleep. Just yeah. and. All of a sudden, boom, fucking. Oh, yeah, this was good. Dog foot to the face. Not to the chill, not whatever. Her hind leg, which is very strong, she stretched and didn't even know she was on the bed and kicked me in my mouth and split my lip open. So. Hell. I can't, you can't, it's because I'm hiding behind the microphone. Yeah. That, that's how I'm 
Honestly, that's how I'm doing. Is I got punched in the face today by my dog. Yeah, just this. Yeah, like, it was. I was sitting there. I was just all I heard was just, "Oh, Scout, you kicked me in the face." <laughs> Man, she kicked me in the face. It my hurt. Lip, my lip is split. It was split. I tasted blood. I was like, "Ah, oh, I'm sorry." She, by the way, did not move. Unmoved. Did not give a flying fuck. Cool. Yeah. Um, I went running this morning. That's all I got. I've been running like three times a week. Ugh. Um, and I was actually feeling real good about myself. I was like looking at my app that I've been using mm-hmm. to like try and build up. And I was like, oh, wow. Like in the last six weeks, I've run like 45 miles. That's like pretty good. And then um, I got on Facebook and this woman I know not very well, who's probably in her late 40s, posted that during quarantine in the hundred days she's been in quarantine, she has run. 657 miles. Oh, wow. <laughs> Good what? For Good for her. What yeah. the fuck? Uh, it really took the wind out of my sails. It though. really, really did. Well, that's... God, think of what... I wish I could go... I almost wish you could go back to the beginning because you'd be in such great shape if you had yeah. that goal to work towards. Yeah. What about you, Maddie? What have you been doing during quarantine? I've made over 6,000 grilled cheese sandwiches. <laughs> I'm having a good time. Honestly, this quarantine life really does agree with you. I don't know if that's true. I don't think it agrees with anyone. I mean, you're doing just fucking fine. You're making yourself your fucking bread and your grilled cheese sandwiches and playing hours of... I was raised to keep that tamped down. (laughs) I keep that locked inside. What, emotions? Just Yeah, yep. (laughs) They're just under the surface. Oh, my God. Just hidden. They'll come out at some point. We'll get that day. Yeah. Oh, for sure, for sure. We haven't had enough, you know, eruptions of emotion during this uh, period so i mean for me there's been enough okay yeah megan actually talked on the podcast about breaking the shoe boxes so oh did she i did it was wild it was something it was very dramatic it was a good scene it was yeah i think i think you could see that little twinkle in her eye when she's like i'm in a scene <laughs> i'm in the movie scene as she brought the boxes tumbling down i did she lean really- into it yeah, we really, really went whole hog Scarlett Johansson mm-hmm. in what um, marriage, marriage story. story. Oh, did she break <laughs> stuff in Marriage Story? No, but you know, it's a story about a marriage. And I felt like I was arguing. a little bit more. Uh, Honestly, it might be more whatever Martha happened to Baby in, Jane in Virginia Wolf. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, you make me puke. Did yeah. I say that? Or maybe like Eva Green and Penny Dreadful. Mm, oh yeah, she's like. Well, she's like got possessed and stuff. Yeah. Um, for those of you uh, who, who aren't aware, um, our guest this week is Maddie Smith. Oh, hi. Uh, of course, returning. Uh, he was on our pilot episode, and he joins us every year for our Oscars episode, but he was excited to talk about 1962. Speaking of the Oscars, before we jump into this year, I want to talk a little bit about this Oscar news. What is the Oscar? That came out last week. That the Oscars for this year, for 2020, will not happen until April. Mm-hmm of 2021. And not only that, they have extended the window through the end of February of 2020 or 2021. 2021. So like the Oscar window will be January 1st of this year through February 28th of 2021. Hmm, That is interesting news. Um, Do you think 
the world will still be around for 2021's Oscars? Like, See, now, that, that I don't know. What I will say is I think it's dumb to extend the window. I get them pushing the ceremony back, but a year's a year. Like, if only yeah. Yeah. 45 movies come out this year, you judge it based on those 45 movies. Like, I'm sure there were way less movies coming out, even, you know, obviously we have way more now than they did then. Like, in 19... 19- 41 through 1945 in America and they still didn't extend the window then. I agree. Hard agree. I also don't think those two months are going to do much because I mean, well, traditionally the, first of all, those nothing comes out around the winter, but even then, even if we do pull out of all of this and movie theaters open again, I, I don't know that they're going to put their big Oscar. I don't know. Like, you know, like that seems like such a waste. Yeah. June, they announced, I think on June 15th, and Mark Harris tweeted, you know, just to point out that last year's Oscar ceremony, zero movies that were released before June 15th were nominated for an Oscar. Yeah. So I don't know exactly if, you know, obviously there could be a second wave in the fall. If we ever get out of the first wave to begin with, that could push those movies back. But that's, you know, except for the occasional Get Out or Grand Budapest Hotel or something, you rarely have a movie from the first half of the year that ends up in the Oscar conversation anyway. Yeah. So is, do you think the invisible man's just going to sweep everything or <laughs> I mean, who knows? Tenant. Yeah. Tenant well, still, still set to be released, right? Well, but, yeah. When, yeah. Did, when did the five bloods come out? Did that make it before it's, the June 15th? No, deadline? Well, no, that's, I think it was right after cause it was this past weekend. Okay. Not that that actually is a real deadline. Oh, so maybe it but was, that seems like I, the one actually, early one that might, actually, you know what? It was, um, it came out the 12th, and I think actually Mark Harris wrote about that, too, because it was like, oh, now Spike Lee's the front runner for Best Picture, so now you're going to push back everything another two months, Academy? Yeah. That's Poor bad form. optics right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's weird because like, I feel like the Academy, like things like award ceremonies are always a snapshot of a year, and if this is yeah. the year when like not a lot of movies came out and the whole yeah. production was stopped and stuff like that, you... I don't know if commemorates the right word, but you acknowledge that yeah. with, you know, yeah. you look back on this as the year as there weren't a lot of nominees because of this whole thing happened. It's so, yeah, it's weird to extend it. And I've seen the so argument I'm, that like, it gives them more time to watch it, like to watch yeah. the movies and like, you've no, got nothing no. but time. There's plenty of time like already. Yes. <laughs> Cause there's you guys, people aren't, you guys aren't like the Academy's not going to the theater anyway. They're yeah. watching their screeners at home or watching at home. They have plenty of time onto their yeah. website. Yeah. They don't need more time. They're not going to watch more movies. They're not going to get around to seeing, you know, these yeah. things, that these, the, those, yeah. I would even the, get it if it was like, movies. you know, like SAG does like the, not that they don't send out stuff also in the WGA, but they do the screenings in theaters and the membership is so much larger. I would mm-hmm. even get that if they push those ceremonies back. But yeah, the Academy doesn't make sense to me. I don't like it. I think it's dumb. I, we here at, uh, 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 I agree. We, we here? I was saying we, was we here I just in wanted, our household or are we here at the podcast? No, I was, yeah, I was going to, I was going to, I was going to include, I don't know why I was going to include you, you. You're not involved in this. Your you opinion doesn't remember, matter. I'm happy, you couldn't I'm remember guess. the podcast name. Yeah, you. I could not. What's this called again? Yeah. The we here the Oscars should have gone to are firmly against uh, extending that deadline. Yeah, damn. Great. Glad um, we really took a stand today. Wait, my phone's buzzing. We did. My phone's buzzing. They took it back. They changed it back because of Megan Murphy. This is just like this is just like uh, you know to. a guy I know a guy I know on one of my social media things 
tweeted or like hashtagged the president of AMC. So he thinks he's the reason they reverse course <laughs> on their mask. Thing. So it's the same thing here. Don't be surprised if the Academy changed their decision because this podcast that you can make a difference. Hundreds of people listen to. Tens you know, of people, for sure. Ten, tens no, that's not true. Don't say that. Scores of people. Scores. People forget how much a score is, so it seems like it's a... It's like a fortnight of people. It's a lot more. It's like a yeah, fortnight. Fortnights and fortnights of people. Um, but now that we've talked about 2020, let's uh, rewind 58 years. Wow, 58 years, years already. Yeah, hard to believe. Wow. Hard to believe. Where does the time go? Uh, 1962. 1962. Good year. Okay, here we go. 1962. Keep going, Craig. Really good movie year. Were the nominees really good? Well, let's get into it. I'm gonna. I will. I'm gonna. I'm gonna tentatively say yes. Question mark. Let's get into it. Man. Yeah. Um, So the first first movie alphabetically (laughs) is the longest day. I'm going to tell you something. I Wait, saw. What? Yeah, we go alphabetically, dude. How is that alphabetically before Lawrence of Arabia? Because, because we Lawrence do the winner Arabia at the end. Won, so we do the winner at the end. Oh, well, you said alphabetically. We, you've been on this podcast before. Yeah, but I forgot that detail. Uh, he's ruining this for me, honestly. Cut it. Yeah. Last time. Well, cut to be that, fair, he's, he's usually on the Oscar for the year where we just straight go alphabetically because right. we don't have a winner yet. Right, that's true. And when he did the pilot, we kind of didn't even have an order we went in. The first, like, three or four, we would just, like, start talking about a movie randomly. Is that true? Um, yeah, at mm-hmm. least the first two, I remember, we did it that way. Okay. Well, um, then you're a little bit excused. But now, um, you, now's the time where you shut it. My bad. It would, be, it, would about... be, it would be nice if your husband had, you know, ever listened to, like, Ever one listened to one podcast. I, I listen yeah. to your stupid podcast. Okay. The Longest Day. <laughs> so I yeah. put this movie on and... More like The Longest Movie, right? It, just kidding. I, it's not even... It's the, like, third longest movie <laughs> of the... <laughs> I knew, I'm glad one of us made the joke because yeah. if it wasn't going to be you, it would have been me. Yeah. Um, and I guess here's the thing. It's over three hours. It's about D-Day. Um, <clears throat> I was very into it. <laughs> I mean, listen, I was... This is my thing about The Longest Day. If you're going to watch... If you're out there at home and you're like me and you're like, I just need s- s- people to shut the fuck up for like three plus hours... And we just need to sit here and watch this. Uh-huh. Um, I recommend it. I like, I, I, there's a lot about this that I really enjoyed. Now, part of that is because, like, I have a weird obsession with World War II and, like, that has been well documented on this podcast. Right. Uh, but um, it's vignettes. So, like, it's, it's, uh, it, like, it, it's, like, all the different aspects of the fighting. So it's not just like saving private Ryan, the beaches. It's also the paratroopers. It's also like the, you know, different beaches that they go to and like the, the, the command back at, and then the German side, which is, a yeah. very, which is interesting. Um, it's you, I feel like if you're going to watch it, like just settle in, know that this is going to be your evening and like, uh, come with snacks and the whole thing and, and be, fine pausing it and going to pee. But I enjoyed the experience of watching this three hour plus movie more than I thought I would, especially because John Wayne is in it. And I don't care for John Wayne. I mean, again, if you like somebody or you don't like somebody, this, this is another fun movie where it's like people just pop up. Sean Connery pops up, you know, 
Yeah. And it, and that's kind of fun. Megan was very vocal about John Wayne while we were watching it. She he just comes out. She says, "Ugh, ugh I hate him. I don't ugh, like him. I, he seems like a douchebag, and he's not good." He's just very John Wayne and everything. I don't care for him. And it takes you out of it because you're like, we're supposed to be in, you know, northern France. And he's like, well, I'll, I'll tell you. And I'm like, oh, God. But um, you know what's also funny is Richard Burton is in this movie. And we're watching it. And he comes on. And it's and both of us, I turned. What did I say to you when I turned to you? I was like, he's so much better than everybody else, <laughs> like as an actor. Yeah, it's real. He's, incre- he's incredible. In it. He's incredible in this movie. It's just such a funny thing of like he's in like two scenes and you they're the two most memorable things just because he's so good. Yeah. Um, well, well, I want to talk about him again, but it's literally the last scene of the movie, so I don't want to jump into it right now. Um, did you uh, recognize that opening shot at all? No. You know, the opening shot of The Longest Day directly inspired the opening shot of Inglorious Bastards. Shut up. Where it's like the French farmhouse. Yeah, the French farmhouse. Yeah. yeah. With the guy that the guy walking the with to bring yeah. the milk or Tarantino, whatever. Tarantino, I think this was the this was the movie that he said kind of most inspired that. Wow. It's the same thing where you're like, you've got basically three different stories going on. You have like the French resistance. Yeah. You have Oh yeah, the French Resistance. The that story was yeah. so cool. Also, like the guy. That's so interesting because in um, Inglorious Bastards, the guy is a dairy farmer, and mm-hmm. they talk about how the it's the German guy that walks by the farmhouse and he's bringing milk to the to the front line to the German line. That's so interesting. Yeah, I, this is a cool. I mean, that's my general take. We can get more into more specifics, but I yeah. enjoyed this movie way more than I thought. I, I was like really dreading it, and I enjoyed the experience of watching it. I think for me, I liked it. Okay, I didn't love it by any means. It is a movie that I think, and I apologies to like the five directors of this film. This film had like multiple directors that probably did were different in different areas, yeah, and, and different um, um, languages. Yeah, but this does very much feel like this is like one of the few films that I feel like if you wanted to watch it, like you watch Band of Brothers or The Pacific and be like, I'm going to watch this over three nights and watch an hour a night. It probably would be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't think you lose anything in a movie like this by not sitting down and watching it three hours straight necessarily. Yeah, I agree with um, that. I I talked about this a little bit when we, I think it was, I think it's 1970. Um, I watched Tora, Tora, Tora when we did that year. And they, that's all about the bombing of Pearl Harbor. And they do the Japanese perspective as well as the American perspective. So this reminded me of that. But it's always weird to me watching movies from like 50 to 60 years ago where it was like, yeah, they were okay to use subtitles for the German actors and have them speak German. And then we get movies today where it's like a split, but the German actors are all just speaking in British accents. It's like, if they could do this in 1962, then I'm pretty sure you guys can do it now. Someone should be able to sit there and watch German speak for seven minutes at a time. I agree. It also, it, cause it takes you out of it when they're not, for me, like it's, it, you're so much more invested and so much more in the world. When it's like, yeah, of course they would be speaking German to each other. Um, Yeah. yeah, I mean, you're right. I think it is like sort of more of like a history lesson. So you could, um, you could break it up and it, you wouldn't lose the like momentum of it at all. Yeah. I don't think that's like an insult either. Like it is no. broken up in that way yeah. and it was yeah. yeah, put together 
like shot that way. Like it's a, it's a kind of an interesting, cool, different project. And that's what I love. Cause I love, I love this movie. And I told Megan that beforehand, like I love this year. Um, but I like love, this is one of the movies I love, but I told Megan even beforehand, this is one of those movies that like I loved in like high school. Like I think it might've been one of the first DVDs I owned. Um, and I loved it, but I was fully prepared for it to be one of those movies that like pretentious film loving high school me liked. And then I go back and watch it and I'm like, Oh no. Um, but watching it, I was kind of reminded, I was like, Oh, this is actually like a very exciting, cool movie. And well, I think there are a lot of cool set pieces and stuff like that in it. Like a lot, I, I, there's something I like about what this movie is like from a construction mm-hmm. standpoint, like both that there's like four directors, a British, American, French, and German coming together, like for like, it was like Daryl F. Zanuck's project, like a little pet project. Yeah. And, and that it was close enough to world war two that they were able to actually use, have people on hand as consultants to like inform it and have a lot of historical accuracy. Like a lot of the weird stuff, we kept being like, did that happen? Did that happen? And, and, and then we yeah. looked it up and it's like, oh, it did. And most of it's real. Yeah. You know, like red buttons hanging from the church is like a real, that's a real man that like pretended to be dead hanging from a parachute on a church. Yeah. And there's a Although, statue commemorating I will say, I will say next to John Wayne, one of the worst acting moments is in, in the film is when red buttons get shot in the shot foot. In <laughs> yeah. He goes, oh, he's no sound. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah like, well, you know, you get red buttons yeah. when you hire red buttons. But I will say like, yeah, we we kept looking up the cool stuff uh, that happened, and um, and there and that was a beautiful. Speaking of that red buttons moment, that was such a beautiful shot when the church is on fire and it illuminates all of the sky, and you just see them. It's just like that slow dread of like, oh no. Do you think his character lives, and then it's the same character that he plays in They Shoot Horses, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> That dies on the marathon floor. Oh, God. If he lived through that only to die, <laughs> oh, die the in the dance marathon for that. <laughs> well, that takes place beforehand, though, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, I guess so. So you dumb fuck. No, yeah. I don't. Um, but I like, yeah, and I, I, I love, I wish more of this type of movie was made, and I said this like a lot to Megan, the point where I was probably annoying, where like they got all these were- tons of actors. No one had to do that many days of shooting. Right. Um, Peter, Henry Fonda, which Fonda? It was Henry Fonda. Henry Fonda. Yeah, Henry, Henry Fonda, Fonda only had to do like a couple days, yada, yada. But like, it was, it's like exciting to like jump around and like see all the characters set up at the beginning. And it's interesting. Like the cast is, it includes like international stars. Like there's right. like French, like actors who have one name. That <laughs> uh, one German like guy is in this movie. Or that whatever. was like the head of, that was like the boat. They're coming and the, like the, all the boats and they're like pointed at me, you know, whatever. That guy was great. I love yeah. that guy. But like, but like, it's just like a cool, like thing that I wish more movies did. And I don't think we do it a ton anymore. We're just for, especially like a one-off movie. Like, honestly, I thought of like Independence Day as a movie that did that where they, you know, set up all these actors that, you know, and recognize and kind of see in their own little scenes. And as it goes on, like some will come together, some don't necessarily. And it seems like it'd be really cool if you're a person in 1962 who knows, you know, even more of these actors and is more excited to see these like alive at the time actors in this kind of huge grand movie. It just seems like a cool project that I'd love to see that we don't get very often. Yeah. The closest things I can think of kind of in recent history, other like Inglorious Bastards, you could say, because it's like Melanie Laurent and it's mm-hmm. like people yeah. from but Babel. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously like different, but it's like because it's more of a triptych that every but you know, you've got a whole Japanese section. You have the section with Brad Pitt and Kate Blanchett in the Middle East or Morocco. I can't remember exactly where they are. Yeah. And then you have the whole Mexican section. And Cloud Atlas. 
Cloud Atlas is a good one, <laughs> although that doesn't use really as many. like Tom Hanks playing like eight people in Cloud Atlas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I, uh, yeah. The, what is it? What does he say? The good good? The, the true true. The true true. The true true. true true. Honestly, I can't talk about Cloud Atlas right now. <laughs> uh, no, but I think that's a good point. Um, it's just a cool project. Like it's, yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a, yeah, it has like a whole different almost purpose, but it also does walk the line between entertainment and artsy awardsy stuff. Well, like it has, it's like a blockbuster movie too. Yeah. It's like a movie that has stars like John Wayne. You don't put John Wayne in necessarily. I mean, I think he's a little better of an actor than Megan makes him out to be, Ugh. but you don't put John Wayne in the movie for like the awards caliber. Right. So it. people like haven't seen it. Yeah. I would like to remind you, Maddie of mm-hmm. this scene. Uh, when John Wayne comes and sees all the parachuters. <laughs> oh, my God. And goes from, get those bodies down. Yeah. And then, like, two seconds later, it's like, oh, now I'm just John Wayne again. Yes. And I have no <laughs> semblance of emotion <laughs> from just a moment well, earlier. Well, we're going to go over there and do what we came here to do. I'm like, what is happening? He is, ugh. Uh, no, I, 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 uh, what did I else I want to say about this? I'm more interested. I'm sorry to say again, another thing is I'm not as interested as in the Pacific stage. Uh, this is like D-Day in France and you know, the, the European, uh, front was more interesting to me, which is another reason. Um, you don't care about any letters from Iwo Jima. No, I don't. What about a flag of our fathers? (laughs) Nor that one. Not that into it. Pearl Harbor, pass. I get it. I get that it's all sad, but, you know, like, bring me the good stuff. You know, this is, like, the good stuff. Uh, I like the guy that was, I liked every time they went, vive la France! I I went, vive la France! She did. Yeah. (laughs) She did say that out loud. Um, It jazzed me up. The storming of Normandy is great in the movie. You can see um, that Spielberg probably looked mm-hmm. at this movie a ton before he did Saving Private Ryan. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Um, obviously, he was able to, Spielberg's able to do a lot more just 40 years later camera-wise than they probably were able yeah. to do in 1962. Yeah. It's so much gorier. Uh, to make it more immersive and, yeah. Yeah. I, th- um, I think it's so interesting. I mean, I think, and we kept saying this to each other too, I think the other thing about this, you kind of already touched on this, but the other thing about this movie that's so that's so fascinating is like, this is only like 20 years after or three, whatever, how many? 17, 17, I mean, 17 years released 17 years after. So they probably were shooting at 16 years. Which is wild. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's crazy that it was that like those people I'm sure had friends and family that died on those beaches. So it's, uh, that for that reason, it did make it like an emotional. Yeah. Uh, well, like even like I think I was reading like the list of names that like helped consult on it, and I think like even like Erwin Rommel's wife, like helped, <laughs> like you know, Rommel, the girl Rommel. that got the shoes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like it's yeah, it's kind of like a crazy interesting, and it is. I don't know. It's almost like one of those situations where I think sometimes a movie when they do real things, it's hard because it would benefit you to know it's true. Like it's a real detail. Like the little. Rupert was that the name of the little the little there's like little like fake men that they parachute down that oh, went right. down to earth and they shot fireworks off and they did that to distract German soldiers and it's like kind of goofy and almost looks like silly but that also was something they actually did like it's just right. a straight up real thing um, and it's like how do you kind of communicate like you don't want to have the movie wink to the audience or whatever and say like this actually happened you know 
and some movies do that, and it's really annoying when they yeah. do, like you know when they opened like this happened, and then like Guy Ritchie yeah. usually directed it. But seventeen years after <laughs> the fact, they probably like didn't need to say to everybody like this actually happened because I right. assume that people were more intimately familiar with the details of D Day. Yeah, so. would I think they know so. like that they dropped little dummies down and. I mean, not everybody would, but I think that would be, I don't know. I don't know. The whole thing about movies, this is very lame of me to say, but that's, it starts the discussion. Like you and the fact that you and I were like, oh, let's Google it. And you know, back in 1962, their version of Google was like, let's ask dad. (laughs) I don't know. Whatever. I thought for me, I just, to get into specifics, the, the most powerful moment in the movie, aside from Richard Burton, who we'll talk about, um, is when the, the guy, I don't know the, the, the guy that was in charge of Omaha Beach was like, I need you to get through this wall to the, the group of engineers. They're like, we have to get off this beach. We'd like, get through the Mitchum? wall. Was it Robert Mitchum? Was it Robert Mitchum? I'm not sure. <clears throat> but the, and it's the guy, and it's the group of like, whatever, 10 engineers and who are blowing up this wall. And you just watch as each of them gets shot and killed. And then the next guy steps up and grabs the thing and is like, and keeps going. And then that guy gets shot and killed. And then the next guy comes over and, and does, and finishes the job. It's like, it is a, an assembly line of people dying. And then the next person picking up the mantle and it, and then they eventually obviously, you know, do get through. It's such a, it's all very quiet. There's no one talking. And it was, it's such a emotional ride like watching these guys be like like not even hesitate like well I'm gonna I'm gonna be the next person to die but I'm gonna go do this thing and I'm gonna be the next person to die it was powerful yeah um we should move on so let's talk about uh, I I love the last scene of the movie yeah where it's uh Burton and just some guy I don't know who that other actor the guy that won the all the money in the beginning right Who, Um, who had the rosary on yeah um, but just like, they're just sitting there and they hear it and they just say, I wonder who won. Yeah. Yeah. And I, my first thought was, man, I bet John Wayne's pissed off at that line because it <laughs> sort of feels like it's anti-war. Um, but I think it, it's like such a great, like sum up of like the whole thing that yeah. it's like, there's this terrible battle that kills, you know, thousands of men. And it's like, huh, I wonder who won. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. It's yeah. it's well. And by the way, that makes me I'm going to ask you right now on podcast. Can we can I never watch Band of Brothers. Can we watch Band of Brothers? You don't you I don't know if I'm if this is okay to say on in, in public, but you fiercely hate Damian Lewis? Oh, I do hate Damian Lewis. Is he in Band yeah, of he, Brothers? He is one of the brothers. <laughs> he is a brother in the band. I think he plays the drums in the band. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I watch fucking billions and I like can I get through it. Yeah, we can watch it. Yeah. Um, wait, can I, I no, just, no, no, will you, but will you, will you promise me right now that we can watch it? Sure. We can watch Band of Brothers. Cause it's fun when we watch things and Let's don't talk. I love not talking with you. Brothers. Oh, it's the best when we don't Brothers. talk. I love, um, oh my God. That guy who kind of looks like Paul Rudd. Yeah. What's his name? Ed something. Ed uh, Burns. Ed Burns. Burns. Yeah. Is he in it? <laughs> Seems like he would be. Or is that Saving Private Ryan? I'm thinking of. Doesn't He's matter. in Saving Private Ryan. Anyway, I'm undermining. Craig's a nice little. Sorry, ending. go ahead. But I, but I was gonna say, I, I was gonna say, um, yeah, I love the last. But I, I, there's a ton of like really good set pieces, and like as I watch it again now, um, 
I was like reminded like there's some like really well shot exciting thing like like you said the the church yeah. like the the town that was actually on fire as American soldiers parachuted and most of them got caught in trees and just shot in the trees yeah like that sort of stuff was shown in, like I don't know if I would call it modern but it's something that like would be shot that way today and it like didn't hold back on the kind of gruesome sad nature silence of just soldiers falling down earth and then just being shot before they even hit the ground yeah and then I think there's like a really beautiful shot that is like my favorite shot in the movie is this long, I think it was a helicopter shot where it's just go, it's in the raid of the casino. Um, there's like a shot that just go, tracks along the river, seeing all the soldiers, and then it pulls back behind the building where on top are the, are the German soldiers um, with guns. And a shot like that is like expensive and wildly difficult to do practically without any special effects. Um, and they did it. And then in the middle of this movie, that's all about these little vignettes and little, and you know, has Oh, and to, to variety. It's just like impressive. really echoing your bit that you like at the end when Richard Burton's like, who won? Uh, the part when they scale the cliff, uh, George Siegel and whoever, like they scale the cliff and they, everybody, they, you watch a bunch of people die and the whole thing. And it's all to take out this one big gun, this one big cannon on the cliff. And they get into the thing and they're like, it's not here. It was never even installed. All of this was for nothing, mm-hmm. which also, is so wild. Also, Richard Burton, I believe he says his leg is torn from knee to crotch. Oh, yeah, he does say that. Torn open from knee to crotch. So he dies probably, right? Yeah. He was waiting for morphine. He was, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, Hill. Hill? Hill. Hill? Hill. What do you talk? What do you talk? Hill. What do you talk? Oh, God, are we going to talk about the music band now? Or the Cash. music man. It's a what? It's a what? It's a music the man. What does wrapped up? So the music man. Megan left. She. I just leaned out of frame. She just. Clunk. Do you want to go ahead, Maddie, and, and... Tell my personal story? Yeah, go ahead. Oh, well, I was just saying, this, is, this movie is, has like a lot of uh, significance in my family, I guess. It was my grandmother McTie's favorite movie. Um, and so we just loved it a lot, and we watched a ton growing up. Those songs, we'd randomly say, like, Thifter, Thifter. Um, that's not you know, quoting weird things. and creepy and annoying at all. Whatever, you had a boat... <laughs> Um, but anyway, don't you talk, don't you talk ill of Ronnie, little Ronnie Howard. Yeah. Little Ronnie Howard. Um, uh, it's fine when he does it. If you are saying it as a like teenager to your I didn't say teenager. I'm not actually one. You're quoting a movie Two, I'm not a 60. I'm not, I'm like a child, like 18 and you're like, or I eight, wish people I mean. could see the face that I'm making right now. Yeah. Whatever. It's great. To be, to be um, fair, that's also how I refer to Maddie's sisters. <laughs> I didn't even say it like they would, they just would say it. You just would explain. It's being more of an I mean, who, how could you stop yourself? I'm not it is such a funny it line. Functional purpose. It is fun. It's cute. It's Ronnie Howard is a little lift, a little Winthrop. But I can tell you what, we got trouble, right? My friends, we got trouble right <laughs> here <laughs> in your marriage. <laughs> But but I but uh yeah. I'm but, like, um, how can you sing those songs? Like, none of them have any lyrics. They tr- there are some great Broadway tunes in there. But there are some good songs. There's in some there. great. There's a couple. There's a couple. I think tr- some- I think Trouble is great. Trouble's great. And Megan during Trouble was like, are there any songs in this movie? And I'm like, you're listening to Trouble, which is like 
an iconic, I think tr- I think like, trouble is a great, is a I great number. There, it's I, it's just a lot of like and the him the hair and I'm talking and I'm talking yeah, talking 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 like the and then they're like oh we got trouble. But that's like I think that's like kind of a cool way to like no musical is wall to wall like every song is like I get, a chorus well, like traditional like great singing disagree anthem. I mean sound of music I mean, sound of music I mean you're, you're com- I mean you're complaining about talk singing but you talked about how the score for My Fair Lady was really good and Rex yeah. Harrison talk sings every single one well that's it's not the best but it, there, the, this, the, the highs of My Fair Lady I mean the, I could have danced all night is better than any song in this movie okay but <laughs> But I also think, but the song. Get me like, to the like church the on time number, is the better version. The number of, is not like a song with a traditional chorus, really. But there's like a rhythm to it and a cadence, and there are other ways to, you know. Yeah. Okay. Here's in, what's. Wait, look, I, I, don't wanna ask, I wanna know what's better. Seventy six trombones. Seventy six trombones rules. Get me to the church on time. No, seventy six trombones, trombones rules. No, I, can you name another lyric in that other than seventy six trombones? I could sing. Trombone, I could sing. I could sing. The whole song right now, if you wanted me to. They were all my rows and rows of the finest virtuosos. I've sung that song at karaoke before. Really? Yeah. Oh, God. That's great. It's all very good. Okay, sorry. Keep going. Keep going. I forget the point. Well, you'd be like, you'd like listen to like rap music and you'd be like, this is talk singing. That's not true at all. Mm-hmm. I'm saying for yeah. a musical, yep. I want wow. like a banger. Yep. I'm calling you out. That's not true at all. What did you just say about a banger? I want it to be like a banger, you know? Trouble's a banger. Um, Trouble is not a banger. I want to talk about... <laughs> so Marion <laughs> comes home to her Good night, my someone is Marian, good. Marion, Madam Librarian. That's a good song. That's a great number. Marion, like Madam Librarian. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. Like, except like, song like, but that's I'm like creeped a big out by him. They're dancing around the library. Yeah, but like he's like, like he's trying to fuck her to like I'm not sure why to to he's so that she won't he won't over. so that she won't notice that he doesn't actually play any instruments. And then well, like, no, but he's trying to make this like he's a con man. He's trying to make this sale, and he kind of spots early on that she's going to be the one that would be able to convince people otherwise about him. Right. He acknowledges so her intelligence as a smart, okay. smart, powerful but he ends woman. Up, but he ends up falling in love. But Didn't I want to go all the way. I want to go all the way back. Let's go back. When Buddy she hang. comes home to her mother and talks about how a man followed her home and her mother's like oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> you should give this man a chance mm-hmm. this weird man that followed you who you've never seen before i love that irish lady she was and then she's like maybe you'll marry him aish, aish, and, aish, then we, aish. and then the and then the girl whose name i forget who's friends with winthrop amarilla who's in love with winthrop and the first thing she does is make fun of his lisp and then she's like, he's so mad at me. It's like, well, then maybe don't make fun of well, his she speech know. impediment. Honestly, she doesn't, she doesn't realize, she doesn't realize yeah, the but, effect she's having. Yeah. And, but she's honestly, really I did that a lot. I made fun of a lot of boys that I liked. That, that, yeah. I, that really, and I still do. That, rung, yeah. that, ring, that ranks true. Yeah. That, that ranks true for me. Um, I just don't, here's the thing. I don't think they had a lot of chemistry and I didn't see them fall in love. I didn't see them fall in love. I'm sorry to say. I didn't I don't, see them I fall don't, in love. I don't disagree with you about this. That. I, th- I think the biggest problem for me with this movie, and I actually I texted this to Megan, is like I think 76 Trombones is great, and it gets reprised at the end of the film, but it's like 35 minutes into the movie. And I actually think that's kind of, in terms of musical set pieces that 
do something for the story because there is another thing that I love, but I don't think it does anything for the movie um, is kind of the peak yes. until the end of the film. So then you've got like, for me, like sort of two hours. Is that a, wait, is that a thing you love, Shapoopy? No. no. <laughs> Nobody likes Shapoopy. I also don't love Till There Was You. I think that I don't love now. that song. Come on now. I don't you, think that's a great come song. On now. I think it's I think the Beatles version is a great song. I don't love the original version. And this is something interesting. Did you know that Meredith Wilson, who wrote this, made more money from the Beatles version of Till There Was You than the stage version and the movie version of Music Man combined? Wow, did not know right. that. Wow. She got a, well, she got a bad deal that first he time got, around. Nice he try. Got a, eh? Just because it's a Meredith doesn't mean it's a woman. Excuse, of Megan. course. And by the way, how stupid of me. How would it, why would it ever be a, a why would a woman have a, like, yeah, I was like, oh, let, that's cool. We, we didn't, we didn't have let, white we, women we creators. Let one woman write a musical before yeah. like 1995. Yeah, you're right. Stupid so. of me. Stupid of me. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with you, Craig. I think I, I, it just is a, I know the part you're going to talk about. <laughs> Just weird that you love this part, but go ahead. Yeah. I love the duet between Marion and the barbershop. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The song is great. Right. It doesn't do. I want to be very clear. It does nothing for the movie, and there's no reason for it to be in there. But it sounds amazing. I don't know that it does nothing. I don't. I don't think it necessarily furthers a plot, but it it's, it fits in with like the Ameri- the tone of Americana. The biggest thing that I took away from this film is we are not using barbershop quartets enough <laughs> in modern-day cinema. I will say it is... The, it is, the it, group is billed by the barbershop quartet's name in everything. There's never... Mm-hmm. Are yeah. they listed their names separately? Mm-hmm. It's just the actual quartet's yeah. name. Yeah, the yeah. Buffalo Bills. They're yeah, billed the Bills. as the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. But I also... I love that like, throughout the movie, like, I think nine... Like, the first time it's fine. The second time it's like, all right... But like it happens like eight times where like the, those four, they're, I guess they're the school board is what they are. Yeah. And they're like, we're on, hey, can we get those papers? And he's like, mm, here's a little song. And then they're like, no, here's the song. And then they like walk off singing. And he does it repeat like nine or ten times. Those the are some the dumb motherfuckers. Yeah, they are dumb dumbs. But they're from Iowa. So, you know, that's to be expected. You see, yeah. I like. The, the also, thing I like it's the, like it's like the 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 town. We've talked about this, too. They're like, she, he's like, oh, he saved the town and did all this stuff. I'm like the town seemed like pretty okay. Like that, his one buddy wanted like to stay there. You are selective with, with the way you react to musicals because this mean, is a musical we, that has a, like musicals have. They don't do it through like they do through one song where they're like this town is shit and they tell <laughs> you that and that's how you know it. And they do that at the beginning. They're grumpy little tr- wieners at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, there's tr- also there's trouble in River City. Yeah, yeah. With it's the pool tape, and I don't. And that rhymes with capital. T, T and that rhymes with, with P, P and that stands, stands for pool. Or pool. Right. Yeah, but they're like these, I, I think it does, like, I think Sound of Music, like, you're like, oh, I don't really think they really set up that Maria was that much of a problem or whatever. Well, she absolutely you know? was. She was gone for <laughs> prayer, and then she was singing in the Abbey. Like, that's, like, very it. obvious. Yeah, and the people were Grumpus McGee's over in Iowa. But anyway, yeah. but I, one thing I like about this musical... Don't don't bring. By the way, don't drag. Don't bring sound of music into this nonsense. How are we supposed to know those kids were going saying good night and going to bed? Because <laughs> um, you got a song that says it <laughs> to your face. Okay. Um, but I like I like this, and there's a lot of this. This isn't like necessarily that unique, but I, I like 
a lot, there's a lot of these old Americana musicals. Like it's a category, I think, of musical. Oklahoma, State yeah, Fair. all that stuff. And I love The Music Man, and I think is by far the best one. And a large part of that, like beyond, I think, songs, I think are much better than Megan gives a credit, stuff like that, is that it has this like snarky cynicism to it. Like underlying, there's like, it's not a ton of it, and it's obviously like a pretty mild, like Broadway musical that came out in the 50s type level um, cynicism, but there is like a snark towards these people and towards like old fashioned America. Like it doesn't, it isn't like a total celebration of like the Midwest. It's it although I would say, and this is this is expected, and you know, most of the Rodgers and Hammerstein move, musicals is the same thing. There is stuff that um, has not aged well. Certainly, um, for instance, the everyone dressing up like Native Americans. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that that's a which is basically a theme of every musical from yes. like the late forties yeah. to but the I, but I even early think 60s. in the context of the sound music, of music man, bad guys Nazis still bad guys but in the context of them and they're like singing about there. them and having a good time singing about those Nazis um, but in in the end but I think even the Native American thing because it's kind of set up this tone of this weird wacky these people are like goofs and the people who are dressing up like Native Americans are like idiots. And so I know there's like a modern read that I'm putting on it that probably it didn't earn, but I also yeah. think in certain ways it is making fun of that sort of mentality. Because it's, it's, it's not like Harold Hill is like, season is like, ooh, and he's like our voice into like the outside world. It's like, this isn't okay. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone seems kind of okay with, yeah. with it. But at the same time though, but like it does set up like Mayor Shin's, the mayor's wife is the woman who's dressing up like an American and that's her yeah. at the beginning. And the other first scene of her is her being mad about the ruby out of Omar Khayyam being read and her being yeah. uncultured and ignorant. Yeah, and she and ends that up her being two things are, She's ignorant of culture and she dresses up like a Native American. Versus at the end, the she end, dresses up like an urn, which is Grecian, much oh, better. Oh, to a Grecian urn. But even that, I feel yeah. like, is a little bit of a... Like, it makes fun, it's making fun of it. And you laughed. Megan liked this movie way more than I she did laugh. Megan I did was laughing I guess my, throughout and enjoying it throughout. I was... Because you told me if I didn't like it, we would get divorced. Yes, and that's true. Yeah. But then I realized 20 minutes in, I don't need to worry about that. The music man rules. I do think uh, it's better no than... I, I think it's better... I think it is better than definitely State Fair and Oklahoma. And I, I, I do think there are some good songs where do you think it good parts. where do you think it ranks next to like uh like dr doolittle <laughs> <laughs> okay it's definitely better than dr doolittle <laughs> i'd say it also like and i put it on par of with hello dolly like i think see, there's for me, songs- see for me this has partially the same problem hello dolly does on film and that's i think musicals on film the dance breaks are too damn long in the 60s yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. like if i'm watching it or if or if it's like west side story and yeah. it's like truly incredible dancing yes but for stuff like this i'm like ah I could t- I could I could get rid of like I don't know seventeen minutes of the Shapoopy dance number 100%. about how a girl's a slut if she kisses before the third day. Right, exactly, which is exactly what that song's about. Exactly, it's quite exactly. It's it is exactly. It's just that she's not a Shapoopy. <laughs> you gotta if you're looking for um, a Shapoopy, it's you guys want different things. I got news for you. Wrong. I ain't no Shapoopy. No, there's which a, is there's great. A couple... That has poop in it. Meg, what? No <laughs> one ever would accuse you of being a Shapoopy. No. There's a couple of moments I want to talk about. I want to talk about Wells Fargo Wagon and the choice to have half these singers be god-awful singers. It's just a strange thing to choose in a musical. Like, the first kid that sings in Wells Fargo Wagon, it's one of the worst sounds I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> I, um, I blacked out during that song because I was like, is this a commercial for Wells Fargo? Fuck this song. I'm sorry. But I would say that... But 
I'd say Wells that, Fargo didn't. I'd have say that Ronnie singing Howard singing wow. is charming, though. Well, tra- him singing, I think, is. Can charming. we not call singer. him Ronnie Howard? I'm he's, upset. By he's that. credited as he's Ronnie Howard. As Ron- I respect he's the credit. He's billed as Ronnie yeah, Howard. I know. In the film. I know. But I. But he is a man now. He's now he's Ron Howard. The man who directed Heart of the Ocean or whatever is Ron Howard. <laughs> in the heart of the sea. In the heart please. of the sea is Ron Howard. Cinderella man's Ron Howard <laughs> and the man, the boy who's in, who's singing about the Wells Fargo wagon coming up. Sign up Wells Fargo. Why that song is a classic. False. I think that's a classic. It's and I think there are issues with the presentation. It. That I don't necessarily want. It's, well, it's so annoying. It's like, it's not like a, something. that's not like a song that you're like toe tapping or that you're like emotionally moved. And then of course, by. after that song, Megan's like, well, how are we supposed to know the Wells Fargo wagon was coming? What? That is not what I said. Because <laughs> well, I didn't know how I oh, was. It's, it's a joke. Place. It's a joke. It's yeah. a joke. Um, it's great. I think this would be a good double feature with Elmer Gantry. Yeah. Oh. Because they're kind of the same thing. Shirley Jones is also in Elmer Gantry. Yeah. Um, also, Burt Lancaster and Robert Preston have the same voice. Mm. And the same job. Um, yeah. Mm. So... Yeah, it would be like the, I, the light and the dark of, like, con men. I want to say also, I think Robert Preston and Shirley Jones, I don't know that I disagree, so like, I don't know that their chemistry is great, but I think them each individually are great in this movie. Like, I, I guess, think Robert Preston really does a great job, especially I with think the, he's terrific. Especially the slickster, like, trouble. Yeah. I think especially for a guy who yeah. doesn't have the greatest voice and you're always, like, how are they going to do um, yeah. with singing and stuff like that? I think he does a great job. And you don't, it doesn't suffer from him. Yeah, not being I guess. The greatest I just think th- I just don't buy them as a couple. And I, and listen, I don't buy Audrey Hepburn and Rex Harrison as a couple too. But I think they have more. But they have more chemistry when she sings. I could well, and also I could have danced all night is a much better song. As yeah. is, I've grown accustomed to her face. Like I don't I mean, necessarily the see problem. them together, but I like. Yeah. Do you know what part I'm saying? The problem is you've got like a also like a 20 year age gap age difference there. Like yeah, for sure. That, 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 and, and speaking of which, can we talk about? So Winthrop is her brother, and he's like six. Oh, yeah. yeah, I was very much like, what yeah, Mama happened was, uh, there? Well, because I wondered about it because the Music Man was supposed to be revived in the fall on Broadway with Hugh Jackman and Sutton Foster. And obviously it's probably pushed back because theater is gone. But Sutton Foster, who I don't think reads as old. I mean, she reads younger mm-hmm. in general. Um, but she's in her early 40s. Are you gonna? So she's like forty. So she's forty, and then and Winthrop a, is six. Six. So like, yeah, that's weird. In the stage production, that's a thirty-seven-year age gap. Yeah, that's weird. Um, yeah, that that woman would not have been fertile for that long. Yeah, but yeah. you got like ladies playing Peter Pan and stuff. You can. It's, it's acting. It's you gotta act. She's pretending. Why are you? She's older. She's an older actress. She's getting a job. Why fine. are you trying to disparage? I'm not taking. I'm, fine I'm not with taking it. anything away from. I have. I have the no problem that with women of a certain here. age have in Hollywood. I think. I it's think great. it makes more sense now for like a woman in her, that reads like mid to late thirties to be the spinster librarian. Yeah. Then the woman, the like, woman that's twenty five. It's 25. like, oh, you're never going to get married. Like at the They're time, obviously, Iowa. that makes sense. But can I, can I say? Something? I'm just saying the Winthrop is an issue. We could just cut Winthrop, <laughs> Winthrop out. Winthrop I, I'm going to say something controversial. We could just cut him out. You can't cut Winthrop. He doesn't do like a ton for me. Like, what does Before it matter? Before we move on, because oh, we, we, we need to move, but um, <laughs> I do want to talk about <laughs> at the end of the movie <laughs> when Winthrop is missing 
and she runs back to the house and she's like, Winthrop's missing. Maybe he's in his room. <laughs> Why would that not be the first, first place, place you could check for your missing child? <laughs> I got to tell um, you, it's fine. It's fine. It's a middling musical. Oh, there are some whoa, good things, whoa. but it's not. There, the, the, I wish you, the, the songs were better. All right. You said it was better than My Fair Lady. No, I didn't. I yes, said it was better than Hel- and you said than it Hello was Dolly. Worse than West Side Story, better than my. Friend I right. said it was better than Hello Dolly, and you repeated that to your sisters, Thither, Thither, like I a weirdo. Call them and I, I said, never them I that. never said that about My Fair Lady. My Fair Lady has better songs. The songs and the and the story and that everything is on par with Hello Dolly for me. About it's about the same. No. The, there are better songs. The problem is with A, My Fair Lady has Audrey Hepburn, who's the fucking tits, and then B, it has better songs. Sorry. And they're British. Sorry. Win, win, win. Not that big of a fan of Americana right now, if you know what I'm saying. Megan, you're being kind of a Marian right now. <laughs> Speaking of British, <laughs> Mutiny on the Bounty. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Okay, I'm going to set this one out. This is a terrible, this movie sucks. I'm going to go pee. <laughs> she's, le- she's leaving. Um, she's walking away. <laughs> she's storming away. Um... Go ahead, Craig. <laughs> Have you seen the original? Yes. I, yeah. love, I love the original. The original is great. Very, I'm very... Charles Lawton, yeah. Clark Gable. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Yes. This movie did not need to be made. No. It's... Um... <laughs> no, 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 no. And you know there's another Mutiny on the Bounty, too? Well, the Bounty. The Mel Gibson, Anthony Hopkins. Which I've never... Yeah, I've never yeah, seen that. Yeah, I didn't that. even know about it until, yeah, I saw it mentioned. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of looks... I, I read reviews. It seems like it's better than this one, at least. Yeah, and it kind of looks. This one apparently, this one apparently is the um, is the furthest I think from the truth I read. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, it uh, wanders the most. Yeah. This, um, yeah. Well, you know, because this part movie was Marlon almost, Brando made up half of his lines. Yeah, this movie's almost unwatchable <laughs> just for Marlon Brando's <laughs> accent, which it's, apparently when they when this movie debuted in New York, he left the screening because people began laughing. <laughs> oh, boy. That's really at funny. his dialect. Yeah. He um, just got up and walked out 15 minutes into the film. Yeah, I, about 10, 15 minutes into it, I was kind of curious just how it was received. Like, usually yeah. I check beforehand sometimes when these movies went out. This was the only movie of the Best Picture nominees that I hadn't seen. Um, turns out there was a reason, but, I, but I, on Wikipedia, I think it was like, I, went, I scroll right to reception. And I think the first thing it says is like, this movie was like, critically like it was a box, it was a flop both critically and commercially so neither critics nor audiences liked this movie um from 1962 so it just becomes like you know sometimes there's a hidden gem that gets still appreciated later on but <laughs> are we still I talking about to say i could do a whole podcast about this movie okay though. sorry go ahead um but i just even seeing that i was like oh boy we're really in for it and like you said yeah marlon brando his choice is just, it's so, it's so weird that he made such a strong choice that never seems to be justified in any way. Like, the character never seems to fully have a reason for being that way other than he was playing a British man and he's like, this is a type of British man. He, it's, it's really hard because the whole point of the story is that Captain Bly is this sort of awful captain and so we're supposed to be rooting for Brando to eventually... Yeah, it's the, Perform yeah, the, power the t- struggle between the titular two mutiny. Mm-hmm. And for most of the movie, Brando seems like a villain. Yeah. Well, he's, like, yeah, at best, he's like poking the bear. Like, at best, yeah. he's like, maybe I'll, 
you go tell, like he tells like the Tahitian chief, I'm jumping everybody's like, you go tell him that you can't, that we can't have the fruit or whatever. Like he, he's yeah. really pushing them constantly, which is irresponsible. <laughs> um, um, which is irresponsible. Also, also the whole, the, when the, once they get to Tahiti and I did wonder, cause Marlon Brando like lived in Tahiti. Mm-hmm. And I wondered if this was when he was introduced to Tahiti or if he had is. already been there Didn't he and marry? decided he wanted to make, Mutiny on the Bounty, so he could spend more time in Tahiti. Yeah, um, he did. He married a Tahitian woman. The woman, his love interest in the movie that he personally selected to be his love interest in the movie. I don't like the and way those you are say the sorts of de- personal. Which, by the way, it's crazy. But those are the details that I think are red flags. It's crazy <laughs> that, that they because it is a problem. It's crazy <laughs> that they ended up getting married because I actually wrote this down. The chemistry between Brando and the Tahitian woman makes Steve McQueen and Candace Bergen look like Leo and Kate. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's very authentic because it is. What if a old British weirdo went to the Tahiti, did not speak the same language, and just and decided a woman his was his child bride. bride. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I imagine, like, that's what their relationship was for the 10 years that they were married after that. Um, uh. But I, I, yeah, and also, yeah, I was going to say that the Wikipedia, I, I was putting together notes uh, for this, and mostly my notes are just a bunch of facts from Mutiny, Mutiny on the Bounty. Um, the yeah. movie or the actual mutiny? Um, the, this movie. This movie in particular. I mean, there's um, a true story, right? Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. Uh, and well, also like a big thing was, you know, Marlon Brando was offered the lead in Lawrence of Arabia, or he wrote that in his memoirs, but he chose the bounty because he preferred to go to Tahiti, a place that had long fascinated him. So I don't think he had been to Tahiti. And this was like, he was like interested in going to an island. Could you imagine, sorry, take a second, a Marlon Brando in fucking Lawrence of Arabia. I, Maddie said this during Muni and the Bounty and I, I, I don't not, I don't disagree is cause you were like. At some point, you were like, I think Marlon Brando's bad. I think he's a bad actor. I'm and here's my thing. The, uh, here's my thing. I'm not, I'm not intimately familiar with Brando. He did train uh, under Stella Adler, which was my studio in college. <laughs> uh, he's incredible in Streetcar. Like he's, it, that's like one of the all-time, I think an all-time performance. Like Him and Vivian Lee are so uncomfortable to watch. It's, it's such a great, it's a great movie, but he's incredible in it. I don't know that I've seen him be good in anything else. I think he might be like oddly the unsung Nicolas Cage of his generation. Yeah. Where he's just taken wild swings in every direction. And every now and then you get a leaving Las Vegas, but also you might get like Vampire's Kiss or whatever. <laughs> and this is a Vampire's Kiss. I completely agree with you. That's a smart um, comment. I also just don't want to hear good, He's good in On the Waterfront. Yeah, and On the Waterfront's um, a great movie. And, but this, and I mean, he like is a legendary like, I mean, his performances on stage are legendary. Like people said, like it was unbelievable to watch him on yeah. stage. And I think he Here, just was one of those. <laughs> yeah. But I do think he was just probably one of those people that got crazy praise and everyone was like, this is the greatest actor who ever lived. And then he was just like, okay, well now I can do anything. And it's very clear starting, if not earlier, definitely with this movie, Yeah, you know, there's all these stories about how he just, He'd make up his nuts. lines, yeah. yeah. And with particularly with like the back and forth with Trevor Howard, um, which, like, kudos to Trevor Howard for somehow managing to pull off any sort of performance, yeah. yeah. Under those circumstances, because I actually don't think he's bad in this. Um, yeah. Well, I, yeah. There's so many, say, se- like, then there, but it's like there are the parts where it is so obviously not just ad libbed because he was ad libbing, and I will say this 
production sounds like a total disaster because the script wasn't even written. Um, like they were still writing it as they were filming and Carol Reed was originally directed it and directing it and he left the project and the new guy was brought in and the new guy, like I think he said, his like quote was, he felt like he thought he was going to have a nice job, like a nice trip. By the time I was finished, I felt as though I'd been Shanghai'd. So obviously <laughs> the production was troubled, but there are just moments that I hate. And this is coming from it as like someone who's directed actors and at times it's like, please stop improvising and please Directed stop Directed both me and Craig. Yeah, and you guys are great. And you guys haven't done this, but there are moments that, are, that read to me as such an actor in like a film, like in, a, in an acting class trying to do a, like a physical like, like thing that like is like yeah. subtext and like it's not like on the, on the nose dialogue. And one thing that one, like one example that really stands out is like there's one part where one of the officers is talking to him and he just out of nowhere, there's like a chess tape, like a chess board on his table and he just goes, I don't want to play a game of te- chess. Or I don't know. His da- I can't do his dance. <laughs> do you want to play a game of chess? <laughs> and it has nothing to do with anything. And like the act, even like the other actors like kind of storms off and it's just like that. There's no, that was definitely ad libbed. It didn't add anything to the scene for him to like say like let's play chess, but it felt yeah. like an actor who was really like thought he was like being cool and doing doing and clever something. and being like and oh what just, an interesting thing. It just annoys me, and there's just so much of like Marlon Brando that like he hurt a lot. Like you said, I do I do think a large part of it is his ego or whatever you want yeah. to call it as he got older. Like he just was like hurting productions, and even if he is like a talented actor at that point, the things he's doing are actively making the film worse, which I'd say is a weird, is a way of being a bad actor in a way, you know, yeah. like, and, and literally with this thing, I guess like, here's, here's a quote that the direct, the second director on this said, um, it was the producer made a number of promises to Marlon Brando, which he couldn't keep. It was an impossible situation because right or wrong, the man simply took charge of everything. You had the option of sitting and watching him or turning your back on him. Neither the producers or nor I could do anything about it. Like everyone's fed up with him working with him. There are also apparently times the director also said um, he didn't have, so Marlon didn't have approval of the story, but he did have approval of himself. If Brando did not like something, he would just stand in front of the camera and not act. Um, so like, that's what a insane nightmare. on this, like very expensive thing where they've flown a crew out for a giant lavish movie to Tahiti that he's like literally just like standing in front of the camera and not doing like refusing to act. Yeah. It's just wild. It, it, it does seem like he had like these weird, like, cause I think, he kind of a tarnished reputation enough that by the Godfather, he sort of had to come back and like, but even um, even on the Godfather, he like didn't memorize his lines and had like post-it notes stuck around the room where he's reading his lines. Like all this stuff makes it so much more difficult. It's a burden on the crew Mm -hmm. that they have to sit around and put up with it. The other actors, it's a huge burden. I was going to say like most of all to the other actors that have to like, you know, the other actor, like, in whatever, the guy asking for... I forget what he's asking for in the beginning of The Godfather. But that, like, actor who definitely is lower status than Marlon Brando in terms of yeah. the call sheet and how they, like, rest him. Like, he can't say anything, and he just has to kind of put up with it. And it's, like, it's abusive in a way. And yeah. it's, it, it, I... <laughs> really, I love that this is a lot. bit. Yeah, I love that Maddie has really g- taken a stance. We've taken yeah. some stances here yeah. today. I had to watch this movie. I had to. Yeah. Watch I was we there were, too. So yes, off, I, I was on my hours. phone the entire you time. You were not there because you left at the. You left for the whole end. 
You were just gone. Oh yeah, no, that's true. Just, well, we we the the first seed. I, this is a two like, CD Megan, situation, the on fire. and the the CD the first CD ended, and I was like, that wasn't that bad, but I don't remember the mutiny happening. And then yeah. Maddie was like, oh no, we got to switch CDs. We actually call them DVDs when it's, uh, when it's uh, <laughs> a video, but, it's a two CD um, movie. Well, the thing, like going back to the movie itself, like yeah, even sorry. the actual mutiny moment in the movie oh. is totally self-serving. It's, like he's seen all these horrible things happen to other people on the crew, men be mm-hmm. murdered by the captain. And then not until he is the one being punished is when he finally decides to mutiny and grab a sword and mm-hmm. go against Captain Bly and the people that side with Bly. It's, it's, it's wild. Yeah. Um, did you know, I thought this was in, the ship that was constructed for the film sank during hurricane sandy oh where was it i guess it was off the coast of somewhere off the east coast hmm. what was um, it what was it doing somewhere of off the being someone haunted was, by brando no, someone was, someone was actually sailing it because two people were killed including like oh. an ancestor of either bly or um whatever the lieutenant's name is that brando plays Weird. fletcher christian yeah, yeah uh, it might be. It might have been. Yeah. Um, the other moment I just uh, wrote down is at the end. There's this like huge fire on the ship, mm-hmm. and it's very, very obvious what's real fire and oh, what's yes. fake oh, fire. Yeah. The, there's a pan <laughs> shot in particular, yeah, where you see the yeah. edge of like the that you just want to be like. Canvas. Maybe just just you should just use one or the other. Like yeah. you shouldn't have tried to. Or you, you didn't know, have the technology to merge. Alternatively, those two. just put the camera on an actor, light a fire behind the camera. That light, it looks like there's a fire that <laughs> he's looking at. Look at that. Um, yeah, no, it, but it's weird because, like, it's so, it's such a mess, like, a troubled, broken movie that obviously wasn't, like, written. And there are just parts where, like, especially after the mutiny, it's just, like, one of the more aimless movies I've ever seen where there are just moments where, like, trying to figure, they're like, okay, you guys, you can't fit on the boat of the people that are leaving. Yeah. Uh, but you'll you hang around and uh, we'll figure out with you and we'll we'll tell them you're good. Like it just is like we're trying to make figure out details that fit into a story. Like it just you yeah. it's just grasping at at it was nothing. so it boring. was so aimless. It was so yeah. and it just is. It was what I thought the longest day was going to be. It's yeah. Wild. Well, it's also it's it's, it's a shame because it's it's beautiful though. Like there are some shots yeah. that are absolutely well, the Tahiti, gorgeous. Like, the Tahiti stuff almost the Tahiti stuff almost just feels like hey. You guys have never seen Tahiti before yeah. if you're watching this yeah. in America. It's not like a Disney it beautiful? wonderful world of color yeah. or something. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, it is. Yeah. I don't need to really watch 40 minutes here in yeah. the middle of the movie. Yeah. But there's a, the scene of them it fishing. Does look amazing. The scene of them yeah. catching fish in a net is <laughs> so incredibly. It's long. an ad for yeah. Tahiti. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a too long ad. It's almost as long as Shapoopy. That's the Shapoopy um, of the movie. Oh yeah. Um, um, yeah. Let's move on. Mutiny on the Bounty is bad, although you should watch the, ni- you should watch the 1935 version if you're it's interested. It's so good. In the story, which is very good. Charles Lott, I mean, Clark Gable's always good, but Charles Lawton's. Yeah, he's incredible. Um, yeah. Um, to Kill a Mockingbird. God, I love this movie. This it's is the opposite. To Kill a Mockingbird. This is the opposite of uh, Mutiny on the Bounty. Well, let me just say, well, we should say right off the top that years ago, we had a, a hamster, and that hamster's name was Jem. Mm-hmm. And uh, now our dog's name is Scout, named after the Scout in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next, I guess, the next animal we get will be a turtle and name it Atticus. Not Dill? Com- completes a trifecta, <laughs> Dill. Shade yeah, for Dill. <laughs> Hi, boo. Um, or like, or uh, boo. like, like uh, you could get like a, like a chinchilla. 
name it Boo Radley. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, listen, I'm open to all, any and all suggestions. Please let me know on Twitter uh, at the Oscar Should, you know, or uh, on on Instagram, the Oscar Should Have Gone To. Um, I mean, you're not respecting Tom Robinson, who was the yeah, or Tom Robinson, all, you know? yeah. Although yeah. that's less of a fun name as Boo and Dill and Atticus. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, I could do that, Calpurnia. Yeah. Um, I this movie is uh, the only movie that I had seen of these five, and I mm-hmm. I remember very strongly the first time I saw it uh, over summer vacation, and my parents put it on for my parents and my aunt and uncle put it on for me and my cousins, and I was like, Bleh, I don't want to watch a black and white movie. Probably I was like twelve, and I like immediately loved it. Um, it we talked about this a little bit. Craig, it is paced oddly. The 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 it's very the the all the court. I I had kind of forgotten. I thought that the courtroom stuff was more spaced throughout the movie. Do you know what I'm saying? Like I thought it was like this is the story of like Atticus, Mm -hmm. like the summer that Atticus defended Tom Robinson, and like then there were like the bits about the kids like learning, you know, throughout, and then the big. Denouement at the end with uh, um, them being attacked and saved by Boo, um, and it's really not. There's like a big chunk, like in the first, like in the first two, the first like forty five minutes, yeah. forty five minutes to an hour, basically is like event, you know the whole thing is told through Scout's perspective. But I I had forgotten. I had talked to Megan about this, and I talked to my wife about this because she actually played Mayella in a stage production of To Kill a Mockingbird. That I always forget that the first like half of the movie is basically just a children's story. It's like these kids and like sort of the trouble they're getting into in their Mm -hmm. small town. And there's this background and you're seeing Atticus every once in a while. And then it kind of turns into something else in the second half of the film or play or story. Yeah. And so that is, uh, you know, that's, that's unfortunate if it had been a little bit more, um, I think like modern movie production wise would have had it, be more centered around the the courtroom drama and then like the, the seeing the courtroom drama through the kids eyes which you kind yeah. of don't like they they pan to them a few times um they're up in the balcony with um wow. the rest of the the black population and then um Attic- and them watching Atticus and obviously admiring of him and um but that being said it's an incredible movie and Gregory Peck is incredible in this movie um so gregory peck won best actor for this and i actually wrote down he maybe deserved the actor the oscar just for having to spend so much time acting with these dang kids (laughs) (laughs) they're cute kids though they're cute they are cute kids they're not in a year that actually has some really good young acting ronnie howard ronnie howard uh, of course, young Ronnie Howard. Well, no, Patty Duke won Best Supporting Actress right. for The Miracle Worker. Right. And then um, this is the year of Lolita. And I actually think the girl mm-hmm. who plays Lolita is like 13. is right. Lion is pretty good in that movie. Um, I would not say the same of the children actors in this film. I don't think they're, um, they're great. There is a scene, there's a scene with Scout that I love. But for the most part, like I think that Gregory Peck is able to do it so well. It's, it's almost like... Yeah. They don't bother me. Don't they're not annoying the kids. They're, they're not annoying. They're not fifth or fifther. They're not like annoying kid actors. But they're sorry. Are to, you saying Winthrop is annoying? I'm, Winthrop is a little bit annoying. <laughs> he is beloved. And Anna, he is Annabelle, whatever the fuck her name is, she's a little annoying. Amaryllis. Okay. 
but I, I, I don't, they don't take away from me, but I guess you're right in the sense that they don't add anything, but, um, but her voiceover does scouts voiceover yeah. is in the scene where she's, uh, where they go to the, where, um, Jem and her go to the prison. Right. When the mob is coming to try and lynch Tom Robinson mm-hmm. and she's, and she talks to Mr. Cunningham. I just, I start crying. Yeah. I don't know why it's, you know, our country's changed so much in the last 58 years where something like this would never be able to happen again. So you would think <laughs> that I would just like at yeah. this exact Get over it. Time, Hello. Green book like, one. It wouldn't affect me at Craig, all. Craig, we solved it. Well, yeah. yeah. I was going to say, I don't know. The thing is, it's an interesting movie because it is, I do think, yeah, you remember it as being about Atticus and the court yeah. trial and it being about racism. And I think it, I don't know. I, t- I talked about this a little bit with Megan as we were watching it, but I do think like there is a more modern read that is, there is a problematic nature to it being a white savior story. Like that, sure. that, And that's what Atticus is. Um, and I think there is like kind of an issue to that, but I think then what kind of saves it or saves it or whatever, but I think I think it actually almost works better because it doesn't go into the direction of actually being about the court case because it's more about children learning about prejudice, yeah. And like, and it's moments like that, like, it it it, it you know, the, I think that's like the big example is obviously the kids seeing like the yeah. like systemic racism. And the, that it, and the other thing is what, well, and the other thing is why I, I totally agree with you. It could be read that way. It's an all-time good guy loses movie. Yeah, and he loses, yeah. and he's like, wrong. Atticus is straight he doesn't, up wrong. He, do, he doesn't win the case. Yeah, and, and, I, and I then Tom did. Robinson dies. Yeah, well, that like, part—that part especially like really stuck out to me. Now, obviously, watching it now yeah. is afterwards when he goes to like Tom's family and he says like, "It's okay, we're going to win it in appeal." Like, it's almost like, "Oh, here's the white guy coming in and thinking like, it's fine, yeah. we got it. It's going to like trust the system. Yeah. It's all good." Yeah, and it just fails miserably. And Atticus is, for all his, you know, the good values that he, there is a good character teaching children good values and stuff in yeah. there, obviously. But I think, like, it does, like, maybe not intended at the time and not read the way for a long time, but now looking at now, it is like, oh, it is more impactful that this quote-unquote beacon of good that Atticus Finch is remembered as was completely wrong. You know what I'm hearing? You know when you're, you're talking about this and I'm, you know what movie this kind of reminds me of and makes me think about? And you, it, uh, listen, it's not, it wouldn't have been nominated for an Oscar, but it's a really good movie and it's it's very similar in a lot of ways is a time to kill. Yeah. And I think what they did with that movie that I, that I think this movie could have benefited from. And you were like, why aren't you naming a, an animal Tom Robinson? He doesn't seem, he's not a fully fleshed out character. I guess right. when I say like, I would have liked more of the courtroom stuff is as much as I love the kids, I, I want to, I, I would have liked to see more, I would have liked to see more of Tom as a character. Yeah, absolutely. I don't that's also why I said it because it yeah. is like, yeah. oh, it's that's a problem. Yeah. Like looking back on it, um, I don't think it makes the whole movie like fundamentally flawed in the way a lot of those movies from the sixties that were trying to be like socially, yes. you know, conscious yeah. and important were. But it is like, yeah, it's a flaw that Tom Robinson is reduced yeah. to, you know, a plot point. Yeah. Well, yeah. and it makes yeah. us. It would be. It would be even more emotional at the. I mean, it is emotional at the end when he when he's killed. Um, but it's even more, but it even drives the home, the idea more of like, this is a, this was a good guy. This was an innocent guy. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, just because, and also God, even that's the worst part too, is he was basically killed for being nice. 
Like right. he was nice to this girl. Yeah, he felt yeah. he felt he not felt that he felt sorry. He felt for sorry her. for yeah. her. And that's like yeah. there's so much in that, but that's like one scene where you finally get to know Tom Robinson and that yeah. whole th- and it's like, oh, there's a whole world of story there. Yeah. And so that's why I kind of almost prefer it being about the kids, the kids that like right. not the non-court stuff. And the, and that the the court case is sort of like a big like is like a big symbol for how this is a greater systemic thing that the adults do too. But the kid, but the kid story is them having their own prejudice about Boo Radley. And in yeah. the end, Boo Radley saves you know yeah. the, the girl's life. And it, and like, I think that mo- may, moment, that it, moment, by the way, always makes yeah, me And cry. I think the way when it's made goes, is like, hey, you're obviously, boo. Yeah, and he's behind yeah. the door. I'm always like, <laughs> yeah. and you're obviously meant to like notice that it, the guy trying to kill her is, yeah. I don't know if he's going to kill her or whatever he's going to do or, um, is the, Dad. The dad. Yeah. Bobby Roll. Yeah. yeah. And so it's like tied to that case. But I think like it almost works better if you remove it from that and see it as like through a ver- a child's eyes, just the simple idea of prejudice and the things yeah. we like believe about someone or don't believe about someone and how those are. But I think they do wrong. do that and they do that very well. It's just yeah. it's it, it's there are points that are clunky. But again, the movie works on the whole for in that yeah, right. way, I think. Yeah. And um, it is. And it and like Gregory Peck is great like the He's, performance itself is I mean, and you just want him to be your good. dad and then i i think the best moment of the film for me is when he finds out that tom robinson is dead and just the way his stance changes yes his mm-hmm. back is to the camera and the sheriff or whoever tells him in the mm-hmm. truck okay. and you just see like the way he shifts he just slumps um, yeah 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 why does scout dress like a ham for the school Did play. Did we ever find that out? It's for the play. Oh, it's for the school it was play. Halloween? They, it was a, it was I a thought pl- it was Halloween. No, I thought it was, it was Halloween. No, it was yeah. a, they were at the school for the play. I thought it was like a Halloween no, dance or something. No, like I'm going to look it up right too. now. And dresses up like Halloween a ham because also. that's an outstanding costume. Honestly, it's that is It's an amazing a, costume. It's, it's great, just... It's a great It sounds like... It seems like something someone would come up with like... Like within the last couple of years to be like, I'm just going to be a ham. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that they did back then. That's like... That's the... That's the, uh, yeah, I've, I've <laughs> that is like, that's such a detail of like, I bet Harper Lee did dress up as a ham. Yeah. Like at one um, point. Also, Gregory Peck is a snack. Like yeah. he can get it. I find him very attractive. Um, I do think it's weird that the very end of the movie when Jim is still unconscious and she's like, you can pet him while he's sleeping. Mm-hmm. I was that's like, weird. oh, I don't. We shouldn't. That's not something. We should not pet Jem. <laughs> <Don't>. No. <laughs> yeah, that's not. Unless Jem is our hamster. Jem's got yeah, R.I.P. Scout's got more to learn. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, but that's why. Yeah, I think it's a. Oh, also, when everybody stands up when Atticus leaves. I mean, it's again the yeah. white savior thing, but it is powerful when they're like, yeah. "Oh, for sure." Your father's walking out. Like your you father's stand, passing. Yeah. yeah, you stand up. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah. Sorry. We should move on to this picture. Autumn arrives. This is Wikipedia. And yeah. Scout and Jem attend an evening school pageant in which Scout portrays it's a autumn. ham. So ham's like Thanksgiving stuff. Sure, whatever. Yeah. It's a pageant, whatever. Yeah. It's, it's, that's, you know what? That's, your old, that's Americana. That's the Americana I know. Uh, Sorry. Do you think, do you think, do you think the, the ham costume came in the Wells Fargo well, wagon? It was <laughs> coming down the street. Okay. It could be a ham costume for me. Put that in at the end, but that's the. Uh, also, wait, wait, what, go back to the, the Music Man did also inspire one of the best episodes of The Simpsons, mm-hmm. and the value of that can't be understated. Yeah. Okay, can we talk about Lawrence of Monorail. Arabia? Now? Monorail. Lawrence of Arabia. First of all, spoiler alert. 
Patrick da, David da, Lean. Da, 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 he dies. <laughs> Thanks a lot for telling me right away. Like, they do spoil. Yeah, they do. Oh yeah, he dies. Yeah, he dies at the end. Yeah, his you, goggles I don't, just his goggles just fling off and end up on a branch somewhere. I sort of don't need that. Not sort of. I just don't. I didn't. I mean, I guess that you get the fun bit at the end when they're all at his funeral and they're like, "He was a fucking cuckoo bananas person." I mean, at the beginning, that's what I mean. But I think that also is like, it's like setting up this complicated figure. Look, this is the best movie of all time. This is why, this is why Maddie is doing 1962. I mean, Lawrence of Arabia is incredible. It's an incredible movie. And it's why movies exist. It's why movies didn't exist before this. No, they did exist, but they were all building to Lawrence of Arabia and it's been a smooth decline. ever since. (laughs) (laughs) The decline started with mutiny on the (laughs) (laughs) bounty. The same year. The decline started the same year. Um, but anyway, Craig, how do we, how do, you um, to, how do we discuss Lawrence Arabia? Uh, um, Where do you begin? I mean, I'm just gonna, uh, I, I'll either let you start or let you finish. It's up to you, which one you want to do, Maddie. Um, I'll say, I don't love this movie. You're so whack, Craig. Bum, <laughs> it's bum, bum. way too long. It it's way too long. The character is not interesting enough for it's four hours to film. He's a very complex man. Here's what I'll say, because I'm somewhere in between there's, the two of yeah, you. There's, well, no, I don't dislike this movie. There's elements of it that I really do like. Yes. But, and I think I would love to see this movie on a very large screen. I think even on a television, it looks it gorgeous. The score, yeah. the score slaps. The score is incredible. Day. The score is incredible. And the and the yeah, the visuals are incredible. There's it's some funny. all-time stuff. Omar Sharif's entrance is maybe the best entrance in the history of film. Oh, I'll give yeah. you that. And I love that guy that he killed. That's pretty That's a good. Shame. Yeah. He, here's here, here's the thing. That, and I this is kind of where I agree this is where I agree with Craig. I felt like it's st- we're talking about the character of Lawrence cuz that he is in every scene basically. He is the movie. The He's so, his introduction is you're so, I'm so into him at the beginning. He's like putting out matches with his fingers. He's being kind of like cheeky and and kind of funny to the, the British commander guy. Like he's, he was, he's like very Mm -hmm. like flippant and funny. He's funny on the, he's like, I'll drink when you drink, like all of this stuff. The the beginning is great. I think he becomes a, a less interesting character as the movie goes along and it just becomes about like fighting the Turks. That's mm-hmm. less interesting to me. I don't care. I know. And part of that, I, I, I'm sorry to say, I don't care about the, the Turk, the Turkish British. I don't have a dog in this fight. If I did, it would probably be the Turks because they're on, you know, closer to their land. Uh, so I don't care about that. So the, the him acclimating and becoming Lawrence of Arabia, that moment when he puts on the um, the outfit, right? The he's walking on the train, yeah, and he's and they and, like and he's walking on the thing, and they're yeah, it's such a cool thing. And then from it declines from there because I don't care about the story, and he's already become the I, person that he's going to become. But I see, this is where I like totally disagree, and I love the ending of the movie. I love the ending. I love the last hour and a half of Lawrence of Arabia because mm. it gets dark. And it becomes all about how he's totally wrong and how he'll never be a part of Arabia. Because the whole thing is the movie's called Lawrence of Arabia and kind like, I don't know when, an hour and a half in, early on in the movie, um, a character says to him, what it, like a, one, of the, one of the members of the tribes, I, I don't know if it's Omar Sharif, but someone says, like, what is Arabia? Like, there's no Arabia. 
and because they don't right. look at it that way. And so the and and that he's Lawrence of Arabia means he's a man without a country who doesn't really belong, and that he he shows up as this quirky guy who wants to come in and kind of like belong in the desert and be a part of this, um, while also like can't help himself but try to impose the British like culture and way of life on them. And he tries to unite them and he tries to bring them together. And that last hour is all about how it's fucking a nightmare and coming apart. And even this guy who has considers himself so uh, like aware of them and so able to sympathize with them and understand them totally doesn't. And he's still trying to take all these tribes. And this is like a lesson we still haven't learned. And it's kind of like a thing that doesn't get discussed enough even now in like Middle Eastern politics is like, we're trying to impose a way of life that they don't want that yes. they don't have and they don't need, and right. it's not theirs. Right. And so I, th- I love the, I like, I th- there's, a word, there's like the back and forth, and there's the, the part where he's in Dara, and they see the color of his skin, and it kind of shows to him he's never going to quite belong, and then he wants to leave, but then he can't quite help himself and wants to go back right. and brings them together, and he sees it as this triumph that he's got all these tribes at the same table, but that is like a total, and it, of course goes to shit and it's like an absolute disaster because he did not understand, like, cause he was wrong about it. And them. from an audience perspective, I get that. And I like a movie that, and, and I, and I, the message of him being wrong is, is great. I think it would be more powerful and more, uh, if it had been not three hours. I like everything. Three you're hours ta- and forty-five minutes. Three hours. I'm sorry. Three hours and forty-five fucking minutes. And I, and that's my whole thing is like it is the it is you you lose the thread because it's so fucking long. It doesn't need to be that long. And the other thing is the other thing is like I agree with you, Maddie. But I think also at least for me watching this the second time I've seen it, I still feel like it almost as opposed to being like Lawrence was wrong. There's something about it that's like, look what he did for these tribes. These brown people can't get it together, though. And the British man was trying to save them from themselves. And they, they, just, can't, they just can't coexist at all. And also, honestly, all the brown face in the movie doesn't brown age super well. a problem. Yeah, there is, yeah, <laughs> like, there is like, obviously a big glaring listen, problem. Listen, o- Obi-Wan, <laughs> yeah. what's, what's your deal? Why do you always want to wear a brown face in David Lean movies? We also talked talked about a passage to India oh, on this God. podcast. Oh, God, yeah, yeah, we did. Where he's playing in India, man. It's like, Alec Guinness, yeah. just... Just keep being bridge on the river Kwai, bro. This Can is better be than this is this is better than passage to India for sure. Yes. Uh, I mean, I, the movie is much better than Passage to India. Oh yeah, no, but, that's uh, what I'm saying. Oh, the brown yeah. face is pretty yeah. egregious. But like, yeah, it's also it's also sort of frustrating because it's like you went and discovered Omar Sharif to English language people. Like you couldn't have found. One yeah, even more actors to play two more Anthony actors Quinn and instead of Anthony. Parts. Exactly. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's an undeniable issue that yeah. is, you know, wrapped in the, you know, again, like the systemic racism that Hollywood still le- bends the knee to. Um, but, uh, but I just, I just totally disagree. I, I think. I think, think it's beautiful, I and think I think it's amazingly it so well acted. Times. I think it's I think diminishing just, returns once you hit the three-hour mark. And there's literally no chicks in this movie. That's Zero chicks. A bit of a positive, am I right, Craig? <laughs> am I right? But, okay. Bump it. But bump it. Bump the fists. Oh, ugh! I hate both of you. Gross. We're we're cracking brewskis right now. I see it. Um, that does sound good. You're seeing it. I I don't need to narrate to you what I'm doing in front of you. Um, but I don't, I I I mean I just totally agree. I'm not bored for a second. I think there's little like 
like impactful scene after impactful scene from the when he has to kill Gassim. When the he, guy he went back, he, he goes back and saves yeah. Gassim first. Oh, of all. right. And then, he, yeah. and, then he, and then he has to yeah. kill him. And then he has to, to kill him to appease tension. the tribes. Yeah. Again, um, again, diminishing returns. That shit was interesting to me. Just then, the, then when it just becomes about like the them against the Turks and like the whole thing, like, and he kind of descends into the madness of like, uh, of you know, becoming of uniting these people and becoming one with these people and whatever the fuck. I'm just like, I don't care. I don't care as much. It was interesting in that moment though that he um, goes from being like, I have to kill this man to full Jules Vincent, like basically like cocks the gun to the side and like unloads the entire <laughs> Like he says he liked it. He found yeah. that he liked it and that scared him. But here's, here's, the... here's a little uh, here's a little suggestion. Uh, if if anyone goes back in time, don't become one of Lawrence's assistants. It will not turn out well for you. Oh, I loved both of those guys. Quicksand. Not enough. You know what we need more of? Quicksand, Quicksand. movies. Mm-hmm. Quicksand and barbershop quartets. Yeah. Quicksand mm-hmm. is, it's such a funny thing. I remember being like a kid and being like afraid of quicksand as if like, yeah, I was going to die from quicksand in I feel uh, the, rural I feel New the Hampshire. Same way and I feel like it is complete. I feel like those fucking, you know, Gen Z kids going around eating ass. They don't care about, <laughs> they don't even know about quicksand. Is that what the kids are doing <laughs> now? Eating ass? Eating ass? Goblin ass. They're not having quicksand. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. That yeah. is also, by the way, what as we... scary, especially oh. in the time of COVID. Can we That's just... how you get COVID, right? Through the butt? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. Sucking the butt. But, um... I mean, we haven't mentioned it, and it's kind of the obvious thing, but this is as gorgeous a movie as advertised. Like, it is, like, just one of the most visually impressive things you will ever see on film. Um, And I think, like, there was even a moment early on... I mean, not in Titanic, but continue. There's a moment early on when... I would argue, though, if if it's not for David Lean, there is no Titanic. Yeah. Sure. 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 Imagine Imagine the Titanic. Okay, ready? Think about that boat, right? In the desert? Yeah, put that boat in Sinking the desert. Sinking in quicksand. In quicksand, yeah. Holy Ooh, fuck. That is Ari 5. That's a movie. That's a movie. Yep. Um, well, but, can't, what, early on, he's like, he's like seeing the mirage of like the ocean liner. Right? Maybe that was the Titanic. Maybe that was the Titanic. Mm. Fuck, man. Uh, 1912 is probably was, around the same time, right? When did this take place? 1917, 15. There we go. Boom, Um, baby. But like there was like a moment very, like 20 minutes in, like when they're first going into the desert and he's with his first, you know, his first assistant. Yes. Um, The one that Sheriff Ali murders. Yes, straight up murders. (laughs) Um, And it just like cuts to the wide and that, like, you know, the theme comes in, Lawrence's theme or whatever the name is of it. And Megan like just turned to me and was like, oh, this is good. Like, yeah, it like, because it, I really liked there, the but, first half. But I'm, it's but I'm diminishing return. But I'm just saying, I'm just trying to get recognition for like there is. It is powerfully visual. Yes, it agree. Is, has like a spec. Like it is like the cliche is like it's a spectacle. But like this movie has like this visual spectacle that I think then you can see a movie like Muni on the Bounty tried to do that. Yeah, like it, it tried didn't. to have this like right. grandiose like yeah. weight to it, and it just couldn't pull it off. And well, and Craig is right in that it was like it would it was good on our TV. It would be. I know a couple of years I mean, ago I, I was away. I forget what it was I was a couple doing. Months ago, yeah, a couple of months ago they played it at the uh, Cinerama Dome in seventy millimeter oh, cool. film. And a couple it, months ago, Jesus, yeah. it's been six years. Or, or since a well, I guess it was ago. probably it was before a pandemic, but it was I think maybe November, so eight months or whatever. But um, 
yeah, it's and I and I am curious like what you guys would think of it if you also saw it like that because I think there are certain movies that you see with a group or with or just on the big screen that are amplified and I think Lawrence well, Arabia I, think, I mean I has both I, and I think a long movie honestly I ha- like you got like, I it. saw The Irishman in theaters mm-hmm. and loved it and then when I rewatched it it had diminishing returns yeah. for me and if I had seen it again Absolutely. in the theater I might have liked it just as much but particularly I feel like like The Godfather, this is documented, is my favorite movie. It's like two hours and 55 minutes. I don't think I've ever seen a movie longer than that that I didn't think could lose stuff, yeah. including The Godfather 2, which is one of my favorite movies, which is 25 minutes longer, but I feel like if it was 25 minutes shorter, it'd probably be better. Um, I so. just don't know, other than Titanic, any movie that needs to be over three hours. Oh, goodness. Oh, goodness. It's insanity. Um, does a ship sink in Lords of Arabia? It does not. No. You could, you a boy say, sinks. You could a say boy, in a way, sink. you could say in a way, T. Lawrence sinks. The British Empire good, I, sinks. Uh, hey, this was, you know, this was a, fi- uh, he was a final Jeopardy answer uh, the other day, and I T. got Lawrence? it right, and all three contestants got it wrong. Oh. No way. Oh, that's a good feeling, huh? Mm-hmm, that's a nice yeah. feeling. That's yeah. But I also think it does, it's a very interesting, he, like, there's a lot of weird, conflict, like, details of the real T.E. Lawrence that I th- think the movie does a good job presenting, like, very subtly, like, the weird complexity of his character. Like, there's just a lot of rumors of him being a sadomasochist. Right. Um, and, you know, on the nose is him grabbing a flame and, and saying, like, you know, not minding the, the thing. But there is also, like, one of the more controversial things in T.E. Lawrence's, like, autobiography is when he went to Dura and was raped by a Turkish captain. Um, and in the movie, it's kind of presented, I know it's like just, it's, it's not... It's just sort of presented as like a torture scene. Yeah, it's kind of a torture thing. There is there is one shot of the of the um, captain's like mouth. Like he like licks his lips like at Lawrence, mm-hmm. like after he takes off his shirt. And so it kind of acknowledges that I think there is an interest, it's an interesting way to kind of acknowledge a weird complexity of the character that we didn't really fully know the full story of, and it had a lot of questions about him and he didn't really have like a defined identity. Again, he's Lawrence of Arabia. He's not Lawrence of any tribe or country. Right. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't disagree with any, I just want to be clear. I don't disagree with anything that you're saying. I, 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 I firmly agree. I just think it is lost when you hit, when you start going over three hours. Like because it's movies. not a movie anymore. Then it's like, it's like, oh, no, it, it should, I mean, then it's I, make I it think, a miniseries. I think fundamentally... Like I don't mind it. I I could watch all of Lawrence Arabia again tonight. Right, because I would, you're I but you're also thing. a crazy person. I'm a crazy person, but I love, yeah, I love this movie, and I think it's very exciting, and I don't get bored. No. I I think there's always there are new scenes and different things to see. I think like it's a combination of the visuals and I think a great performance by Peter O'Toole, um, and just it I and it I think it does every scene I think does have a little bit of purpose to it. I don't know that. I mean, obviously, you can always make cuts, but I think you can always add stuff. But um, <laughs> but I think like there's like not. A I'm lot not of, saying like, that there's. This, I'm not saying that. The, no, that's exactly what I. That's but that's what I'm. Don't mis, Don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying I'm like this. Could you could have lost this? You could have lost that. Blah 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 blah. I, I I don't. I think everything served the story. Like all of the stuff served the story. I do believe that. But I think at a certain point, you have to start thinking about your audience and what and. It's three hours and forty-five minutes is a long time for you to for to watch I think, this one I think, specific story. I do think also though that this, I mean it's partially like the time period. Yeah. Like these were like this was the time period of road shows where 
movies would tour to different places and you'd go and there would be an intermission and yeah you know, and, you'd watch like an hour or two hours and 15 minutes then come back and watch the last hour and a half after a 15 minute intermission etc yeah. um and you know movies specifically were made for that to be long which is why you know four of the five nominees this year had well i mean music man i bet when it was actually on screen it's not built into the dvd but i bet they had an intermission where the regular intermission break and in the show was um and both mutiny on the bounty and longest day have intermissions yeah in the middle and, of and i will say that is like also another like i don't know but you know i again i do love this movie even now i can sit and watch it but like it is when i saw it in the theater it is yeah like you said there is a it's a different, like a special feel. And you know, you guys have seen a lot of Broadway shows. So yeah. You have like that yeah. intermission. Like there is something special in just like halfway through this movie, you stand up, the lights come up, you go to the bathroom, you kind of decompress. You might like yeah. talk a, yeah. lot, a little bit about it. That's so true and because it, I never it, think of Broadway shows as being, I mean, the good ones anyway, as being like overly long. But there is yeah. that moment where, and then you also can turn to your your seatmate or whatever, your date and be like, Hey, wasn't that crazy when that, or, you know, like, what do you think yeah. about this? You can have kind of a second to decompress and think about it, get yourself a drink, get yourself some popcorn, whatever the hell. And then you can kind of get back into that world. It's a, it is a tough sell for a modern movie watcher to yeah. be like, you're going to sit here well, for four hours. Now we're in the age of Quibi. So everything, <laughs> yeah. everything that come, everything in the past is going to be compared quib- to the efficiency bites. of a Quibi. You know, yeah, this is good. Lawrence Quick Arabia bites. is good. It's re- Quick can bites. it be a Quibi? Yeah. Can it be could, a Quibi? Could you put Lawrence Arabia... Can it Quibi? Could it... Could it or not even a Quibi. I'm wondering, could you put it in like 240 parts and put it on TikTok? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we talk about other movies of the year, yeah. let's rank the films and probably make Maddie really angry. I'm uh, so Maddie mad at you already. You I'm infuriated. Five to one. Um, five to one. Five baby. to one. Well, like it's five, I guess, in terms of quality, but one in my heart is Mutiny on the Bounty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, then I would say four, uh, The Music Man. Uh huh. Three, The Longest Day. Two, uh-huh. To Kill a Mockingbird. And one, Lawrence of Arabia. And the one has a bullet and it's circled one and it's riding bullet. a camel through the desert and it's beautiful. I'm going to go. Uh, five guys, this is gonna shock you. Mutiny on the Bounty. Uh-huh. Uh, four is the Music Man. Three, I'm gonna go Longest Day. Two, I'm gonna go Lawrence of Arabia. Sorry, Maddie. And one, I'm gonna go To Kill a Mockingbird. Part of that is nostalgia, and the other part of it is, as I actually do think, it's the most powerful movie. It's the it's the movie that I cried at. Maddie, I regret to inform you I am rolling back Megan's answers as my own. I have the same five to one. Mutiny, Music Man, Longest Day, Lawrence of Arabia, To Kill a Mockingbird. However, what what is right is not always popular. popular (laughs) However, it's not always right. 1962. Had a lot of other movies. It was I, yeah, it's a fucking incredible year yeah, for the, movies. Yeah. Like overall, like even nominees compared to a lot of the movie, you know the years you guys have done. Yeah, especially recently. Yeah, like having five movies, even with like Mutiny on the Bounty being the bad one. Like, yeah, that's pretty. Yeah, I actually solid. I actually watched five other movies from the year, and there was only one that was bad. That's a lot. Wow, what was the bad one that you watched? So David and Lisa, which was nominated for best director, and it's on yeah. HBO Max. Um, cause it's criterion. So I checked it out and, um, 
at the time I can see that the directing probably seemed like an English version of like, they were like, oh, he's doing like something like Truffaut or Fellini or, um, but for me watching it now, it's, it seems like a, like a college art film. Like it's, mm. it's really bad. It's about like two kids who fall in love in a asylum, a guy and a girl and the girl talks in rhyme. No, um, nope, we're good. <laughs> Good. And the guy, Never the, guy watch who, it. the guy who's played by Kier Dulea from oh, 2001 yeah. um, is totally basically normal. But anytime someone touches he him, he speaks an iambic pentameter. No, if he gets touched, he'll be like this. <laughs> Don't touch. <laughs> Why would you do that? I'm going to die. No, no, um, no, no, yeah. no. Nope. That's so that, so that was very bad. Um, but the other four are all, all good movies I would recommend. And there's stuff I didn't watch. I wanted to watch a couple foreign films I didn't get a chance to. Cleo from Five to Seven is this year and movie. Jules and Jim. Jules and Jim is really, really good. That was one of the ones I was going to. Um, also, the, uh, speaking of John Wayne, The Man Who Shot Liberty Balance yep. is a good movie. I, didn't, I, re, I watched it a couple years ago. I didn't rewatch it for this. But yeah. um, also 1962. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, we also watched, um, cause Maddie wanted to watch it at days yeah. of wine and roses. Yeah. Uh-huh. Wine and Rose, and that's a movie I love. I stand by that movie. I would probably put that maybe. I mean, I'd put, I'd, I or, would, I would put, uh, the, uh you know, I, 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 I just say I, days of wine and roses, I think is like still maybe the best movie about alcoholism ever made. And by that, right. I just mean like it does such a good job. And it, I don't know. Have you seen when a man loves a woman? What's a great movie. Honestly, no. Really? Oh, it's really good. <laughs> um, Meg Ryan and um, but does, Andy Garcia, and she's you know, an alcoholic. I don't believe you. <laughs> well, good. here's the thing. But, I, I, but it does such a good job, I think, like showing in a in a properly sympathetic but also objective and cold sort of way, like the way alcoholism alcohol- festers. But they're just crazy And the way like, it can be casually introduced into someone's life. Sure. And... The the bat the constant like back and forth of alcoholism. I just think I think that's just an incredible movie. So if you're looking for a sad movie, but I think a really great movie, it and is Jack very is it is very dark. I will say th- though it's like yeah no I think it's very realistic in a lot of ways. Although he does like literally get put in a straight. He's so and drunk they put him in like a straight. I think that's probably like what screaming. happened. You probably. think? I think that's probably. Have you ever a, seen the Have you seen the Lost Weekend? Which by the yeah. way I. Is not a movie I like. I know a lot of people really do. I, li- I like, like Billy Wilder, so I kind of am in the whole thing. But, um, like, it's Ray... Maland. Maland. Um, like, he's a psychopath in that movie. Like, mm-hmm. like clear, it's clearly a movie Nicolas Cage watched 600 <laughs> times before he lived in Las Vegas. Um, 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 I watched The Miracle Worker. How was The I Miracle Worker? I didn't get around to it. I mean, it feels like it's not... That interesting in terms of filmmaking, it feels like a playhouse, um, fifty whatever those playhouse movies were, or playhouse ninety. Which honestly, like I think To Kill a Mockingbird directorially sort of feels mm-hmm. that way. Um, but the perform both Anne Bancroft and Patty Duke are great in it. Um, the mother that plays Kate and the brother are both like they were not in the original Broadway production, like. And Bancroft, but you would think they were because they're both playing to the very back of the house. Wow, uh, the entire time on film. Um, I rewatched Lolita, um, which is good. It loses steam in the second half of the movie. I think. Yeah. I think the first half is way more interesting. Than the second half. Well, the seduction is always more interesting than the aftermath. Yeah, and then it's a child, um, Megan. Um, Sorry, I know she's a child. Gross. 
uh, Whatever Happened to Baby Jane, mm-hmm. which, is which I'd never seen before. Um, it's just a fun time. movie. Yeah, it's a good time. I've never seen yeah. that, and I wanted oh, to really? watch that for this, and I've never seen Well, I watched oh. Feud, so did I basically watch Whatever Happened to Baby Jane? No. Did you watch no, Feud? No, but I mean, it, it, yeah. It is fun, particularly, I think, the um, Susan Sarandon as Betty Davis. She just looks so much mm, like yeah. Betty Davis looks in that movie. Um, Wait, sorry, did, yeah. did you mention Manchurian Candidate? No, we're gonna I talk haven't about talked about Manchurian oh, okay. Candidate. Right. That's oh, the one I was sort of saving because okay, I gave sorry, that sorry, to sorry. Megan also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say. Yeah, you sorry. fucked up. Sorry. Then, That's, yeah. This is how Craig does it. I don't know. You fucked up. Um, we'll I, talk about I, it later. I, well, there's I, like I, a, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say about this year, like, before we get, like, there's a bunch of, like, good, like, genre e movies that came out, too, that are, like, kind of important. Like, I was looking down the line, I was like, oh, all these movies, like, Dr. No came out that year. Right. Cape, Cape Fear, uh, Carnival of Souls, and, like, Day of the Triffids, even, like, in terms of, like, cult, like, horror movies. Mm-hmm. Like, there's... Day of the Triffids. Day of the Triffids mm-hmm. is wonderful. Is that a real movie? Yes. It's a British movie, Alien Plants. Um, but just in terms of, like... Yeah, like notable movies that weren't necessarily the best movies. Like Day of the Triffids is not the best movie, but yeah. it's kind of like a very cool Wait, Day movie. of the Triffids is not the best movie? Sounds like the best movie. <sighs> I want to watch Day of the Triffids. But I do think like I was looking stuff up and, you know, people obviously, a lot of people point to the 70s, particularly like 75, 76 in that era in terms of like the best years for film. But I mean, 62, I think just as an overall picture, not necessarily just the five nominees, mm-hmm. like I think has an argument to be made as one of the, best years in like u.s film history like with 1939 and 62 and you know 99 or whatever 97 uh, 2007 yes 97 i did i did want to talk about the manchurian candidate which i revisited yeah. um because i love it mm-hmm. i had not seen the original i've seen the um the, you know the remake is fine um, yeah. it's good. This movie is incredible. I loved this movie. Yeah. Uh, other than Janet Lee, it's crazy to me that she's like third build. She's like in two scenes and does not yeah. need to be there. Well, that's such an old movie thing of like, like, yeah, we gotta have a romance, like a weird side romance that like, yeah. And, yeah. So it's and they like get it's married. Two years <laughs> af- it's two years after psycho. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. yeah. Um, Let's get married. What are we talking about here? Um, but Angela Lansbury, damn, She's a bad bitch. She's so good. Um, I can't imagine what people in 1962, particularly if they were completely unfamiliar with any of like the foreign film influence starting, like watching that dream sequence. Yeah. 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 Like going to be like, oh, we're going to go see the new Sinatra film. And then watching that, like what they thought of it. Like, I think it's amazing. It's like, incredible. The, and the way that um, they start mesh, it's like starts as the garden club and then, the elements get kind of like meshed. Like it's yeah. like they're, they're not, it's not all garden club and it's not all, uh, communist. Soviet it's, and yeah. 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 It's such a cool. And the writing I, I said to Maddie, I was like, the writing is very contem- contemporary in a way, I guess maybe there's something about it that like just the way that they, the, 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 the jocular way that like even Angela Lansbury speaks when she's, she's like relax and like, it's there are funny moments like I just also like how it unfolds like how like they teach you about the solitaire stuff mm-hmm. into the like the Lansbury as a handler reveal yep. and like even just him like going and jumping in the lake and yeah. stuff that yeah. could seem silly I think is really effective yeah and I think the whole convention is incredible filmmaking yeah, yeah. I feel like I am always, I always forget and then until I like see it again I do love this movie yeah I love forever 
it's the thing I always like kind of remember though, every time I watch it that I kind of forget is that they show you the brainwashing right away. Like they, yeah. you know, you see, you see, you know, spoiler alert, there's brainwashing, but it's like, I don't know, maybe it's, maybe it's not five, but like 10 minutes in or so when Frank Sinatra's having his dream and it is just the guy explaining the whole methodology and that he's got these like brainwashed soldiers. And it's like, it feels like such a risk, especially cause I think more and more now, especially with TV, um, like they always obscure facts and hold them from the audience and to like, just upfront, like there's no mystery as to whether he's been brainwashed. And it's, so it kind of is like, then has to be, it can go two directions. It can be really boring and have nothing going on, or it has to be like specifically very creative with the rest of the information and how it doles it out and how it presents it. And it just does it in a great way. And there's things like the Lansbury, you know, Lansbury reveal and things like that are, well, that's what, it are says the reveals, that's the, are those the are the reveals. Yeah. So when she turns around and premise. says like, why don't you play a game of solidaire to pass the time? Yeah. You're like, Oh shit. Yeah. And, and the bad version of the movie I think is, it's about the premise of like, is he brainwashed? And Frank Sinatra's, like suspicious yeah. of him and right. he's, it's, what has happened is he and I think that's kind of what the newer movie did a little bit more um, and so it's just it was, it's very like refreshing that it's not about yeah, yeah is he or is he any brainwashed it's about yeah. so many other details that come come after yeah, and there's just like I feel like shock I mean again it's post psycho so it's not as shocking but like when he kills his yeah. fiance it's a shock. And father like yeah. it's it doesn't seem like something you would see in a movie from the early 1960s. No, it doesn't. Like you wouldn't see like this ingenue like walking down the hallway and get shot. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Even just like the brain splattering on the, I don't know if it's like a big yeah. image of like Stalin or oh, Mao yeah. or something. Yeah. When he in kills the, him really yeah, on. Yeah. Dream, not dream thing. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's like, oh. Yeah. And then him killing himself at the yeah. end is I, like, I, yeah, yeah, it's, and, and with the metal on too. Like that's such a, such a, it seems like such a, it seems more of like a political statement in a, for a movie in 1962, mm. the fact that he just, yeah. Yeah. Put that. Yeah. Well, Frankenheimer also just like crushed it in terms of like, right. Give it like, there's a lot of like tension and where every scene has like an intent, but there's also just a lot of creative shots that make scenes so much more exciting. And mm-hmm. there was one that I remember like talking, saying to Megan, I was like, this is a great shot. Is like when, um, Islin, who's the dad, who's Joseph McCarthy basically, um, is arguing with another guy in the Senate and the shot stays on one shot of the guy arguing with the McCarthy type. And in the front, in the foreground is a TV showing what like the TV is broadcasting. And it's on the TV that you see the McCarthy guy and then it bounces back and forth. And it just like makes the scene so much more like dynamic and interesting and a moment that didn't necessarily need that. Like it's a movie about a brainwashed soldier and all sorts of other stuff. It's, um, uh, and so it, and it, it, it feels like every scene was given that extra level of attention and care mm-hmm. and visual yeah. flair that, uh, you don't get, especially back then. Yeah. Um, but even now I really um, enjoyed yeah. it and it was under, under two hours, just about two hours. Yeah. Anyway, for me, not only would I give it a nomination, that would be my best picture of 1962. I think uh, me too. I, I think me too. I think it's probably the best. I mean, To Kill a Mockingbird, nostalgia wise, always will have like a, a, a moment for me. And there is such like a, I feel such a pull towards Gregory Peck. Also knowing that Gregory Peck is like the nicest, supposed to be the nicest guy that like ever lived. Um, yeah. But I think this is the best made movie of 1962. And I put it, it too. Oh, you put it too? I think, you know, yeah, I'm still going to give Lawrence Arabia behind, a nod. Behind what? Behind Lawrence Arabia. Behind, what was it, the, the Scribbles, the, the Field of the Scribbles? What was the name of the... Oh, yeah, the, what was it? The was Day of the Triffids? Day of the Triffids. God, how could I forget? The, the Day of the Triffids. The Field of the Scribbles? 
that feels as classic well. science fiction. <laughs> I'm gonna um, also, David Jervis was like ripped off very heavily for Twenty Eight Days Later because it's like a guy oh, wakes great. up. Great, another movie I haven't seen. Guy wakes up and oh, Twenty Eight Days Later is great. Mm. I don't like scary movies. We you like Twenty Days Later, covered. you'll love Day of the Trivets. <laughs> Day of the Trivets. <laughs> um, guys, do you have um, a favorite movie of uh, 2020? Something new that you've seen or anything you've been watching you want to recommend to, to our listeners? Bum, bum, bum. I mean, I don't know if you, you've probably talked about this, but we've watched a lot of Somebody Feed Phil lately. Oh, yeah. That's, <laughs> my, is, that's my hot Which take. is a TV show. It's Phil Rosenthal, who was the creator and showrunner of Everybody Loves Raymond. But he's uh-huh. just kind of a charming older guy. He is so charming. Who now has a travel show. It's like had three seasons all on Netflix. And it's just called Somebody Feed Phil. And he just goes around eating food. And it's like the most... like He's the most Megan pleasant I, man on the planet. Yeah, for, he's a very in funny, these troubling charming, times. friendly man. The theme who just song. just wants to go places and enjoy the food. And it's, best theme it's, song a nice, ever. it's a nice levity to have in this, in this time. Have you seen The Five Bloods? I haven't watched it yet. I did watch it. Um, it's good. I think it's... I mean, it's like a lot of Spike Lee movies where it's tonally kind of bounces around a lot. So Mm -hmm. there's certain stuff that I think is great and other stuff that didn't work as well for me. Um, But I thought it was good. I also watched Shirley. um, Oh, I I watched Shirley real bad. Which is, I wanted it to be, I liked it. I wanted more from it, but the acting's great in it. Um, And I actually also watched um, a movie I would recommend, The Vast of Night on Amazon. Oh, yeah. I we did not that, make it we through. We gave a shot. Megan really hated it. I really disliked <laughs> Interesting. it. Interesting. I had a really it. weirdly violent reaction yeah, to it. Megan was like mad uh-huh. at me for putting it on. Again, it's, it's not like a movie that I think is like amazing, like everyone yeah. needs. But I was like, for like a 90-minute yeah. movie in a year where there haven't been movies, I enjoyed it. I, I was yeah. pissed. There's I got 40 minutes in and I was like, nothing has happened. Just, anything that happened this movie, I'm leaving. And then she walks away. And then but, I left. Um, there's it, two really good monologues in the movie. There's like a call in. I think both. I think you didn't get to either of those parts. But mm. when the particularly when the gentleman, there's a gentleman who calls in. She over left the just before oh. the guy called in. Yeah. The yeah. The, yeah. Um, nope. I love. I love. I gave that. you forty. And minutes. I thought the. I thought the old woman's monologue mm-hmm. at the end was good too. But particularly, I love the soldier calling. Yeah. Up. Yeah. I think it's like there's kind of been like a little bit of an over the top reaction. I think to that movie. Like I think partly because it's the it's only just, movie to come out. Yeah. Like it's one of yeah. few movies, and it's the only movie of that type of like small indie sci-fi. Yeah, to me, but it's like a, it's a solid like it's three and a half star well movie. Yeah, 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 it's just super well executed. I don't know that it has. It, don't expect like something super unique or revelatory. I'm gonna watch this. the shit out of Shirley because I live for those two, Elizabeth Moss and Michael Stuhlbarg. So. If The Vast of Night was made like five years ago, the director would like immediately be given like a Star Wars. He'd have a Jurassic. Yeah, he'd, have a, he'd be. And it would like completely you know. fall apart for him, but hopefully like he'll go on <laughs> to make some cool stuff because that's not yeah. happening anymore. Yeah, I definitely, yeah. and I definitely think like what he handled, like what for what are, and I know Megan, you saw them as like just boring little small town dialogue scenes all in a row. I think they're really well done for that, yeah. for what they are. Sure, like, I, I just yeah. maybe was not in the right place for it. it I did not yeah. make it. I did not make it. I think I went and watched a Somebody Feed Phil. Somebody, somebody feed Phil. Somebody Maddie, feed, yes, sir. Somebody feed. Plug your podcast. Um, listen to my podcast. It's about beer. It's called Liquid Bread. Uh, it's me and uh, our friend Larry Bates. He's an actor, and uh, and Rich Higgins, who is a master cicerone, which is a sommelier for beer. And we just talk about beer and beer stories and that sort of stuff. I'm sorry that we didn't have. If Craig was here, we probably would have had a beer with Craig. We probably would have had a beer with Craig. Yeah. What a shame. Um, Meg, is there anything you like to plug? Uh, 
Instagram, Murphy Megan. I think I'm going to get off Twitter because it's too dark. Somebody mm-hmm. feed Phil. Watch somebody feed Phil. It's fun. Um, you can follow us, as Megan mentioned earlier, on Twitter at The Oscar Should, um, on Instagram at The Oscar Should Have Gone To, or Facebook. Uh, if you like listening to us, please rate and review us. We'll be back. Please give me something <laughs> to read. Yeah. We'll be back in a couple weeks or so with something, either another year or something else. We don't know what we're doing. Who Come knows? On. No, no one knows what's going on in the world. Uh, but we hope you're all staying uh, safe and healthy, and we will talk to you soon. Bye. Thifter, thifter. Ugh. It's a good new sign off. Goodbye. Don't hold the wheels, Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you had a good time. We 